A world in ruins and brothers betrayed. The vengeful spirit has finally left the orbit of Istvan III. Countless brother Astartes lay cold in the ground, betrayed by their own gene fathers. Whatever has possessed the minds of these four sons of the Emperor, we may never know. However, reports abound of a ship under fire jumping into the warp away from the fleet may yet be a herald of light in these darkest of times. Stay tuned, brothers. Radio Free Istvan will continue to broadcast updates on the movements of the traitor Warmaster. And remember, the Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners? And welcome to episode 53 of the Radio Free Istvan podcast, a Horus Heresy 30K podcast. Uh, my name's Michael, and I have my co-host here, Ryan. Go and say what's going on, Ryan. What's happening, everybody? And we have a special guest next to you, don't we, Ryan? We do. Who? Maybe she'll say something and introduce herself to everybody. We can only hope. Hello, this is Emily, Ryan's wife. <laughs> Ryan's wife, Emily. We've heard so much about Ryan's wife, Emily, and how nice she is and how great of a baker and a, a chef she is and how she just like takes care of your gaming club with all the, all the culinary treats. And of course, she does do that. <laughs> so glad to have you on, Emily. So this is a special episode, guys. Uh, you'll notice probably by now, you're probably looking at the timestamp in your podcast. You're probably thinking to yourself, man, this is a short episode of Ready for Istvan. Uh, it's because it's going to be, guys. Uh, mainly because we're, we're casting right now with Ryan on vacation in Iceland. The far north. On this yep. flat, flat Earth. So I guess you're actually in the middle <laughs> of the Earth. So you're like actually in the middle, right? That's how that works. Yeah, I think I don't know. Um, we haven't done our research in, enough into flat Earth to know um, where exactly where we're at on this pizza pie of the planet that we have. So technically, you're pretty. You're like halfway to Tim right now. Like you're you're about halfway <laughs> to Tim in the flat Earth model. So uh, pretty cool, man. You're practically right there next to, to everybody y'all yep. should just pop y'all should just pop over to the uk go see warmer world we all run around we could we're uh, only an hour an hour different time zone wise oh i wonder what that relates to uh flying wise i mean y'all are already out of country y'all may as well at this point yeah <laughs> i don't know we can't mess so, with my wife's plans she makes plans and you gotta stick to the plan <laughs> she's a planner all right so i guess before we start getting into iceland and all the great things that we've done in iceland uh what's going on this episode uh so of course we got our normal introduction we're going to talk about a lot of iceland stuff in this podcast so uh get ready for that uh then we're going to be doing some hobby progress updates and then we have a uh, we got voicemails and it just so happens that you guys are in luck that we've got like three stories in our voicemails. I think two of them are pretty long and healthy stories. One's a bu- the bus story that we told Tristan if he sent us in the craziest like made up bus story. If he could send that in, uh, we'll go ahead and review his list. Which we're, of course it falls on this episode and Ryan's in Iceland, but uh, I think well, he's got. I got to hear the story and make sure it's legit before I can do the list anyway. So yeah, that's fair enough. That's that's true. Then we got uh, we got Ben's story. No, not Ben. Dan's story. Man, dude, that was fucked up for me because they're both porters. Uh, 
I've got Dan's stories from his stolen army, the one we talked about a while back, a few episodes back. Uh, so he sent in that story finally, and then we got a. Uh, I'm guessing I don't. I honestly don't know what kind of story it is uh, from another another supporter, Samuel. He sent in his story. Apparently, it's a good one because he left it in five voicemail chunks. So it's probably <laughs> going to be out of order, uh, but we'll, we'll get it figured out. So we got we got a whole bunch of voicemails for you guys to listen to. Uh, we're not going to be doing lists this week. Uh, just because Ryan needs to enjoy himself in Iceland. And then uh, we'll go to a musical break, and then I have some events to announce, and then we'll uh, we'll catch up back with you guys next week. Yeah. If this is the first episode you're listening to, uh, this is going to be like a non-30K, 30K podcast this week. <laughs> so um, if you want actual 30K content, go back and listen to older episodes or the next one. The next one, I'm guessing, will be very, very heavy 30K content because we'll have to catch up with me being gone. Yeah, so prepare yourselves. And for all of y'all that are like, oh, the new Radio for Istvan dropped, and people are talking about 8th edition, this is the episode. No, guys. No, this isn't the episode. Not not yet. No speculation yet. Yeah. So. We anyway. can speculate. I, I think Forge World's going to stick with 7th or write their own rules. It looks good. It looks good. Like as as uh, as obvious as Forge World made it that they were ignoring us on on Facebook. I feel like I feel like that's what might go down. Well, like my thing is, if you I don't know if you've seen Jason Tick uh, asked me about it on our Facebook page, but here's some things like to, like really food for thought. So the the day that Games Workshop made the announcement, the very next day, um, every Imperial Armor book that Forge World sells went on fire sale. Like they were like, these are the blowout price. We need to get rid of them because they're the old rules. Yep. So they put every Imperial armor book on fire sale, but didn't do any of the heresy books. There's, they stayed the normal price and they did not go on sale. And then um, also on top of that, you remember when book seven came out Inferno, they sold out of it immediately. Yep. Um, and ordered a second print run, and that second print run didn't actually show up to be sold, I think, last week. So, I mean, why would you order a big, expensive print run of books knowing that Games Workshop is going to basically change all the rules? Yeah, like, that wouldn't make any sense, because it's literally like you're putting an order in a month before you're saying the rules are no longer going to work. So there's that. And then also somebody asked them about templates on the forge world's website like basically hey you know that guy said i just bought templates i just bought apocalypse templates and you're telling me i'm not going to use them anymore and forge world's like well what game are you playing (laughs) yeah and and he was like well heresy and they were like well in the new eighth edition warhammer forty thousand, you won't need templates but for the foreseeable future uh, you'll be using your templates if you play Heresy. Heck yes. So, yeah. So that's positive. So like, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that they write their um own rules. I I hope it's basically like the core seventh edition rules that they just implement their changes that they've already changed with, you know, within the hair like you know only things that are troops or implacable advanced score. You know their their version of the army construction system, where you only get, you know, one detachment 
that's an FOC chart that, you know, you know what I mean? Like basically all the, all the stuff that is already changed from seventh edition to make it heresy. I hope they keep all that and then basically change the way the psychic phase works or just write their own powers or however they want to do it. Um, and that's really all they need to do, man. And Forge World, if you're listening right now, um, I'm pretty sure that like if because I, I understand from from what we heard from the the live stream, you reached out to people to test the rules and help write the rules and all this stuff. Now, honestly, personally, I don't think I'm qualified to help out in this in this case, but I don't think you could find a better person than Ryan to reach out to to help write your rules. Like you could probably just like lock him in a room for like a day and he'll come out with like a golden rule book that he, you know, hand wrote in blood and he'll give it to you. <laughs> and I think so if you, if you I would definitely help. be more than I would be more than willing to help out Forge World. I mean, and I understand like they have their own team or whatever. I mean, maybe they'd write the rules and just wanted, even if they just wanted play testing, or if they just, even if they just put it out to the 30k community that said, hey, you know what changes? Like I said, I I currently the way that 30k plays to me is 100% fine. The only thing that I ever see complaints about and it really didn't happen till thousand suns because really there wasn't a way to take a bunch of psychers so it never really mattered but now that thousand suns are out and then when they come out with they're gonna have to write their own demons list now obviously because the new 40k demons codex is going to be you know age of sigmar type whatever so they're gonna have to write their own rules for that anyway so to be honest like if you think about the psychic phase what it should probably be is I was thinking about this. You just it's just like how eighth edition fantasy was, where two dice turn it is gets both dice added together, and then the opponent just gets the higher of the two dice. That's how it worked in eighth fantasy. And then for each psyker that you had, each mastery level, like right now, each mastery level you just automatically gain a die. In um. 8th edition fantasy, what happened was for each mastery level, you rolled a d6, and every time you rolled a 6, then it added an extra die. So that would, like, make the dice pool a lot smaller than what it is now, but it would still be greater the number of psychers you had, or at least a better chance. And then as far as, like, casting powers, just basically do it the same way. But uh, change the powers where they're not as broken. Like, get rid of invisibility you know, tone down endurance, things like that. So basically just write your own powers and then make it to where that you don't have this insanely large dice pool. It's really all you need to do. And then other than that, you can leave it untouched. I hope you had your notepad out, Forge World listener, whoever you are. Or you could just, you know, rewind a little <laughs> bit. Go about 15 seconds back and start over. That or just get... go look at how 8th Edition Fantasy did it. Like, that's <laughs> all I'm really describing. You get that one for free, Forge World. <laughs> anything else <laughs> so anyway so yeah so reach out to ryan he has plenty of play testers and he's got like a a, a brick and mortar set up like the, the perfect location like with his own tables and everything like he can get it play tested he can black out the windows he'll do all that for you <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> it'll be like secret testing room <laughs> like quarantine zone. 
So anyway. So I'm glad we I'm glad we talked about that. That needed to be discussed because Yeah, just a little bit. We can if people want us to get more in depth or they have, you know, questions or want deeper thoughts. I mean, right now, like I said, I'm not super concerned with it because I truly believe with the little clues that have been left and just kind of reading between the lines that eighth isn't going to affect heresy. Um, so I mean that's just how I feel about it. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, uh I'm kind of like I just need one more vehicle. I just need them to release one more vehicle at a different front and rear armor value, so I can see how they broke it down. So I can speculate on, uh, like, what the 40k equivalent of Horus Heresy tanks are going to be. Because I'm kind of interested, like, what a Leviathan's toughness would be, and what it's like, you know, wound count would be, and what like the super heavies are looking at. Why? Because uh, I want to. I want to like. I don't know. It's just I'm very curious about it. I'm very curious. I know it won't affect me in any way, but I do want to know. I guess my whole thought on it too is if you look at what would be easier for them. I mean, they would if they wanted to adopt eighth, they would have to, you know, take the entire eighth edition rule set, and then even though they use quote unquote seventh edition now, they still made changes to it to fit what they wanted to do. So you yeah. figure even if they adopt eighth, they would probably still want to alter it. And then on top of that, you'd have to write new unit entries for literally every unit and every thing that they've come out with. And then they'd have to write all new missions for everything, all new points values for everything, play test everything to make sure those points values are set and all that. Um, then you have to worry about what do you do with the books? Like if you reprint them, do you reprint them with the old rules, the new rules? Do you do a buyback for for all these people that just bought book seven, like literally weeks ago, <laughs> and then you're swapping on them, uh, you have all those problems to deal with. Or you could just say, hey, we're just going to write our own rules that's basically just copy and pasted 90% of seventh edition and rewrite our rewrite the psychic powers. And mm-hmm. call Which is good. preferred. Which is, if you could do that, that'd be perfect for world guy listening. Yeah, that's. I think that's what probably the majority of the community wants. I don't know. I mean, there is... I guess the way I look at it, like the people, there are people that are playing Heresy now. Um, none that I know personally, um, other than like JP and Mark over at Age of Darkness, but like people that I've actually played with and met, I think they're the only ones that actually want Heresy to swap to 8th. But I guess my whole thought on it is everybody who's currently playing Heresy is obviously fine with 7th because they're already playing. <laughs> You've already signed off. <laughs> so. It is what it is. Whereas if you swap it to eight, um, there's a lot of people that I don't think would be sticking around, I guess. So um, it's one of those things like if you leave it the same, you're not losing anyone. And it's not like heresy was sick or losing people anyway. Like heresy was growing, you know, day by day and getting bigger and bigger. And the events kept getting bigger and bigger and selling out faster and faster. So... If you change it, I, I guess I look at it, the only thing that could, I mean, I guess it could continue, but you risk you risk damaging that, I guess. Or if you leave it the same, I mean, how can you damage it? Because everybody, like I said, has obviously signed off on it, because they're already playing. Yeah, and it, I mean, I think, I can't remember if it was you that was saying it, or if it was one of the other podcasts that said, like, basically they're playing at the best hand possible where it's 
we're going to switch 40k over to 8th, but we're going to leave Heresy at 7th. So, like, there's, like, a lifeboat if you don't want to go to 8th. Like, it's like, you know... That was me way- in our patron chat. Like, yeah. Because if you think of it that way, it's like, like, there's going to be some 40k people that don't want to play these Age of Sigmar-style rules. Um, for better or worse, they're just not going to like it. Um, but it will give them, like you said, like, it gives you a place to flee to. Where if you change both then people that are unhappy in 40K and people that are unhappy with 30K changing to 8th, what, what are they going to switch to? Because yeah. fantasy is already that system. Um, and then now you've got both your sci-fi games that system, so you're just going to run them all off to play, you know, War Machine or Kings of War or, Age of Darkne- or Dark Age or, you know, Infinity. whatever, some other game. Flames of War. Something. So... I guess what I'm saying is I don't I don't want heresy to adopt it at all. Like that would be nightmare scenario for me. That said, I really do think that 40k needed it. But we talk about this on the show. Like the people who want heresy to switch, I guess, because I was talking to JP about it a little bit. He views 40k and 30k as the same game. Like when he says seventh edition, he thinks that it's the same for both games, and I couldn't disagree more with that. I think that they're very two distinct games, and we didn't read it out loud, but somebody actually sent in a Facebook message wanting me to frame the argument. This was before um, we even heard 8th was coming out, so this was before any of that. And he wrote in an email saying, hey, I got a friend that I'm trying to get into heresy but because he's frustrated with 40K, but he doesn't want to switch over because he just feels like he's still wasting money because it's the same game. How do I frame an argument to convince him that 30K is different than 40K? And I just laid out like a 10-point bullet point thing. Like, here, here are my 10 top things that are different between the two systems. And I think if you read that and actually processed it and thought about it for a minute, I mean, it, you'd be pretty hard to, be pretty hard to disagree with me. No, yeah. I mean, I could I could post those points up if you want. Like, that's not a problem. <laughs> you want those? Well, go? I mean, it, it, like I said, it it was just a Facebook. I mean, we could even read it out next week or whatever. But I mean, I think if you read those points and I actually think about it, and like I said, process that, and then you look at the two difference in the communities, and if you were to like actually go up to a player that's playing thirty k like at Adepticon and go, hey do you think that these two things are the same game or, or do you feel like you're playing a different game than seventh edition 40 K? And I get, I would guarantee you that the vast majority of people would tell you that it's a different game. It's a different system, even though it still kind of uses the, the base rules. I mean, you saw like when the melt bomb thing came out or death from the skies came out, the 30 K community, like for the most part, just out and out rejected that shit because they felt like it wasn't the same game. So we did a we did a good job of not talking about that. <laughs> what about what uh, about eighth edition and oh like well yeah <laughs> we need to talk about it just a little bit. We can get like I said if people want to ask more questions or think we should get more in depth or want to know our thoughts on shit, just send us an emails and ask us and we'll answer the questions. But heck yeah, I'm totally game All for right. that. We'll move on from that then. <laughs> it's just a rabbit hole. Once it starts, once it yeah. starts. 
So let's talk about Iceland, dude. Let's talk about what you're doing right now. Okay. Well, you're the interviewer, so you ask us questions and we'll answer them. Uh, so, like, right now, where are you staying? Like, are you, like I can't – when I think of Iceland, I feel like y'all are staying in, like, a cabin somewhere made of, like, wooden logs. But, of course, you know, probably <laughs> – We're laughing because that's exactly what we're staying in. We're oh. staying, staying here, standing at – staring at a pine board interior that's just, like, wood. <laughs> yep. Do you have a – do you have a wood stove in there? No. Oh. Is Everything's geothermal here, so – the, the heating in this particular cabin is radiant floor heat from the floor. So what they do is they, um, if people aren't familiar with what that is, it's basically um, you take a piping. It's almost like a radiator that you would see in a wall or in a car, but you can do it with piping or however, and they lay it down. Um, you either put it in the concrete when you pour a concrete slab or however you want to do it, but it's basically like below, right below the surface of the floor. And then you put your flooring over the top of it, like your tile or whatever. And then your thermostat just adjusts like a valve that releases steam, essentially, underneath the floor that runs up and down. Um, like it goes all the way from one end to the other and then back. So you imagine several loops. And then yeah. that heat just radiates up from the floor. So this whole cabin's heated by that radiant floor heating. And is it is it pretty comfortable in there? It's not cold? Is it cold in Iceland in general? You know, um, it's, it's every day it's been between about, I'd say 30 degrees Fahrenheit and I, what's the warmest 50, it's been probably. probably 50, 55 degrees Fahrenheit has been the warmest. So cold as shit for a tech. Well, for you, that's like normal, <laughs> like it's basically like fall, fall Indiana weather or early spring Indiana weather. Although the wind and the rain, the wind and the rain is, is what sucks. Like it literally like every day. Like, the last three days, it started raining at, like, 3 o'clock on the nose. It's like a fucking alarm goes off somewhere, and somebody turns the spigot on. Like, oh, it's 3 o'clock. Time for it to fucking rain. <laughs> and that happens. And then in certain spots, it's extremely windy. There's this place called the Black Sand Beach, and you could barely walk. Like, it was so miserable. Like, we went out there to take pictures and stuff, and our hands were so cold because they were wet. Like, it's really, it's really pretty, and you want to get all these pictures but it's like so like the weather there was just like total bullshit we were like let's just get these pictures and get back got back in the car yeah <laughs> so we all just like getting sandblasted the whole time like with like extreme winds and like yeah the sand like hitting you i'm guessing yep yep uh, and we got uh, i got pictures of all this so what i'll probably do when we get back i'll make like an imger gallery and then we can link it to our facebook where people can just click it cuz i have like Dude, we're gonna have hundreds of pictures. Like I can't even tell you. Maybe a thousand pictures. So what, what? I'll put it all in a gallery and then we can link it so I'm not posting that many individual pictures on Facebook and they just click the link and go. What was the point of the trip? To like drink from a glacier or what? Like it was, okay. or was it so, like one of I'll I'll let my wife take this over because she picked this trip. So uh you kind of explain why you chose Iceland. Well, I chose Iceland because most people, when they go out of the country, they want to go to Europe, like Italy or France or someplace like that. And I'm just not interested in that type of thing. But I'd been researching Iceland for a long time. And just the landscapes are just really beautiful. And flights here were really inexpensive. Like most of the time when we take trips in the States, um, I would say we spend probably about the same amount as what we spent on this trip. So just something different to do and pretty cost effective so 
Well, that sounds awesome. Like, how many days in y'all's trip are y'all? Like, how many days left do y'all have in Iceland? Uh, we're going to spend a total of 10 days here. And I think we're on day five or six, maybe. No so joke. We've got a few more days left. And y'all have just been I think like, we're on uh, day five. Yeah. Yeah, we're on day five. So, I mean, it sounds like, from, and, and basically, like, I mean, Ryan's been pretty much updating the Patreon chat to, like, where y'all have been and all this stuff. We saw him, like, doing, like, a push-up into some uh, some glacier water to The Viking push-up, yeah. Yeah, the Viking push-up into glacier water. Uh, so, like, have y'all just been doing, like, a bunch of outside stuff? Is there any, like, urban things that you can do? Like, I mean, it seems like there's not really, like, there's no point to go to Iceland and be like, this is like a really good cafe in Iceland. Like it, I mean, I could, yeah, pretty much. The only like urban area is like Reykjavik, which we haven't made it to. So yeah, the majority of what we've been doing now is just driving around the country. Like we're making a circle around the whole country. So oh. hardly anyone lives out here. So we're just driving around seeing nothing but like open land and barely any houses or cars or people. So it's been kind of nice just to be out by yourself. So but yeah, we've been doing a lot of like just looking at different landscapes and hiking and all kinds of cool stuff. So, have y'all met any like crazy people, like uh, like people like with crazy stories and like the crazy <laughs> German lady that yeah we in the yeah, yeah we were driving so so like we had read <laughs> like I we had read somewhere that like Iceland traffic laws are kind of like more of a vague suggestion than their actual laws. And I get what they mean because we've seen, like, we've literally driven, we're two probably two-thirds of the way around the country. Like, we've we've driven, like, three or four. So, Iceland's about the size of Kentucky. Like, as, okay. a, as you know, the, the whole island. So, it's it's basically like, like, if you'd imagine, for people that live in the United States, it'd be easier for them to imagine, like, just driving around the border of Kentucky is essentially what we're doing. Because they have this thing called the ring road that goes all the way around the country. Yep. So we've started just outside of Reykjavik and Keflavik, and we've driven pretty much the entire southern border of the country, and then we drove up the east coast, and then we turned back west all the way up at the north, at the northeast point, and now we're coming across the northern part of Iceland, and we're probably, I don't know, like a quarter of the way um, across the, the north. So we've driven you know, all that way. And I think we've seen two cops on the road and they okay. were like in towns just like doing whatever. So anyway, like the speed limit's like 90 kilometers per hour. So I don't know what that is in miles per hour. I didn't bother to look it up, but I like the other day I was doing like 120. Oh shit. Just like, <laughs> and I, like I said, I don't know how fast it is mile per hour or whatever, but we were flying along there. So we get passed by this Mercedes like this all black Mercedes with tinted windows and shit. It comes like flying by us. We're like, all right, whatever. So we get out on these like roads and we're kind of like following them. And where they passed us, I couldn't go super fast. Cause we just got some Kia, like a bullshit little Kia. And they're like in a Mercedes. It's actually like a real car. So okay. it was all curvy in these mountains and shit. So I was kind of going slow or slow, slower. Well, when, they right after they passed us, it straightened out a lot. So I was kind of able to keep up with them. I wasn't like try, trying to keep up. It was just that I could go faster because it was straight. And so my shitty car could keep up with their good car. <laughs> so 
we're we're kind of behind them, and Emily's in the passenger seat, and it's like we're in up in these mountains, and it's beautiful. So she's like filming video out of the car and taking pictures of stuff. So all of a sudden, this Mercedes, <laughs> like she just, she just slams on her brakes and like blocks all the lanes of like yeah, pulls sideways, pulls sideways in the road and blocks, and like, like stops. And we're like, what the hell? And we stop, and she comes running back to the car, and I thought like somebody had a heart attack, like or you know where they're like something was wrong. You know what I mean? So I roll down the window and I'm like, is something wrong? Can we help you? And she's like an older, I'd say she's probably in her late forties, early fifties, German lady, uh, going off for accent. And she goes, were you filming our car? And we were like, well, we're, I guess like not, we weren't like filming your car. We were taking photos and filming the landscape. Your car might be in some of those photos just because you're in front of us, but but it wasn't like intentional. And she's like, Oh, well, I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, Oh, never mind, never mind. We just got nervous. And then she runs back to her car and then they drive off at like way like soup like soup like way faster than our Kia will go. Holy shit. Like right, what I just looked at each other like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Y'all should have just like as soon as she asked, like, are you were you filming my car? You should have rolled your window up and took off. Like never <laughs> Like, <laughs> never let her know, like, what you were actually doing. Holy shit. I wonder what, like, my mind's racing right now. What could... Yeah. Who, was it a nice Mercedes? Like, a really nice yeah. Mercedes? Yeah. It was a Mercedes. <laughs> it was a Mercedes, right? Yeah, it was, it was a... I'm pretty sure it was a Mercedes. Oh, man. Because I remember that emblem, the, you know, the, cir- the circle emblem with, like, the... It almost looks like the peace sign, the Mercedes logo. She blocked the highway. That's bonkers, dude. Like, there's so much rushing through my mind right now. Like, yep. Oh, my goodness. I wonder what kind of, like, uh, massive, that, like, yeah, crime that was the only like, in Iceland. only, like, weird thing. The only other thing that's kind of weird is because uh, we're white. Like, all the other Icelanders are white. We just all look like white people. But, obviously, we don't speak Icelandic. So, every time you go anywhere, they immediately start speaking Icelandic to you because oh. they just think you're Icelandic. So I always, I've caught on where I try to initiate the conversation and just start with English, and then they know to speak English. Well, the funny thing that makes me laugh about you is, like, initially, like, the first couple days, like, people speak English here, but it's not, like, really, really good English. So, like, you have to, like, speak in short sentences or, like, a couple words so they can understand you. But Ryan, like, tried to have, like, long conversations with people, and they just looked at him like, I have no idea what you just said, and they just laugh and, like, continue on. Yeah. They're like, oh, you want restaurant? And Ryan's like, no, I was just telling you about something else. <laughs> I'm like, no, you have to keep it to, like, simple words and short sentences. Well, some, some people here speak extremely good English, and some of them... You know, like Emily says, it's pretty choppy. But I don't. I don't think we've ran into a single person that doesn't speak at least passive. You know what I mean? Where you can you can get information out of them, then get information out of you. That's crazy. That's crazy how like that's so common. They just like have English on tap. But it's like, dude, Icelandic is insane. I don't think they have a single word that's smaller than like forty letters in the entire <laughs> language. I'm pretty sure. Well, we were laughing today because it's like you sit and try and pronounce the words like we've tried to sit and like figure it out. And you just end up sounding like the Swedish chef from the Muppets, like attempting (laughs) 
Just Frankenberg. Yep, that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> is it the same letters as us? Like, it's the same letters as, like, English, I'm no. guessing? No. Nope. Oh, they got some fuck. weird shit. They got, like, upside down backwards Ds with, like, arrows and shit through them and, like, <laughs> it's crazy shit. I always think about Russian because, like, you can't fucking, like... Cyrillic, yeah. Yeah, you can't fake that like there's no like if you were like dropped into a russian class and you tried to like fake your way through stuff you just can't it's like there's no way it's like please spell out how to say pants in russian you're oh i lose because i can't like even if i fake sounded it out i'd get the letters wrong yeah that's so funny that's dope it was australian so yeah we had an australian tour guide uh oh a girl she was probably She's probably our age, maybe a little younger. younger, Yeah, Yeah. she was from Sydney, from where Michael John is from. Did you ask her about Yowies? Did you ask her if if, uh, Iceland had Yowies? No, I didn't bother asking her about Yowies. It didn't spring into my mind. I'm sorry. I'm glad. I'm glad you got five days left, so we can go ahead and get some. Like we could know. Like we could know what the Iceland. Well, uh, I like. I think fifth. I think we like fifty percent of Icelanders believe in elves. Have you asked any of them about elves? No, I see a lot of elf stuff some places. Like you'll go into gas stations and they'll have like little elves, like a little elf figurine on their counter or like elf stickers. You see elf shit everywhere here. Dude, that's what I'm talking about. Like that's the kind of, like that's the deep crazy digging you got to do. Like that's when you got to Hey, do you believe in elves? And then they look in both ways. Like is anybody <laughs> else listening? Like All right, let me tell you some shit about well, elves. Well, 50% of the people are <laughs> Maybe it's higher than that. Maybe it's like sixty percent. It's it's more than half the people that live here believe in elves. Get some elf stories, dude. Like, find a find a bartender and just like, hey man, what you know find about elves? Drunk people in Reykjavik. Well. Yeah, we'll go into a bar in Reykjavik and find some drunk old people and ask them elf stories. And I'll try to. Oh, record them thank them. God! I'm so glad I caught y'all before y'all wasted this trip. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Not learning about school. Icelandic yowies. And- there's a there's an elf school. You can sign up for elf elf education classes, and then they like they give you all this information on elves, and then they actually give you a test that you have to pass, and you can get like a certificate that you pass the elf school on elf knowledge. And are y'all attending this class? Like, is no. it what, what, what day of your trip are you getting your elf certification? <laughs> your doctorate in elves? We are not, unfortunately. And we're not even talking about like legless elves, right? These aren't like legit. These are like the little ones, right? Oh, they have different. They're I think they're more like the elf from Harry Potter, um, but they have different classifications, is my understanding. Like, there's like several different styles and types of elves that all have a different place in elven society. Oh, okay. So find somebody who's qualified to answer that question, and <laughs> okay. And ask them. <laughs> it's like, sir, do you have a? I, I noticed your certificate on the wall that you graduated <laughs> elf school. Can I, <laughs> I? I wonder if they have like the the tall elves, or if they're all like just like leprechaun. Because I imagine like what I think of a leper of an elf is like the same thing as like a leprechaun, like those little baby elf things. Whereas yeah. like I don't know. I'm you, sure you could just look it up. Like type in Icelandic elves, and it would show you the different types of elves that are supposedly in Iceland. You know, what? I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to clear out my 120 kilometers to miles per hour Google search. And 
But how fast is that, by the way, in miles per se- hour? Seventy-five and uh, ninety kilometers is fifty-five. Okay, so that's not that bad. Nah. So. So that's pretty cool. So, have you got any uh, Warhammer games in? Like, have you found anybody that uh, that plays no. the old? No, that'll probably be in Reykjavik because Iceland, there's only 300,000 people that live here and 200,000 of that 300,000 live in Reykjavik. So literally two-thirds of the population of the entire island live in one city and we've not made it there yet. So the last three days of the trip will be in Reykjavik. So there's some gaming stores and stuff there. So I plan on visiting some of those game stores and just seeing what's going on and um, you know, talking to some of the locals about gaming and whatnot and see what comes of it that's what's up so have you like are there any horus heresy players are they all 40k players or i joined the icelandic there's an icelandic 40k page that i joined like two months before this trip and then typed up you know i'll be there you know if anybody wants to get a game in please let me know and it got like 26 likes or whatever on the page but nobody actually responded and when they post on that page they all I'll post in Icelandic. There's nobody posting in English, so I can't, you know what I mean? It's not like I can really get involved in in the conversations. So, um, so yeah, so I didn't actually bring any miniatures with me to play, um, but I don't know. Like I said, we'll see what happens. I'm definitely going to go to a game game store and buy something. I'll buy something gaming-related from Iceland, even if it's just dice. Maybe they'll have some Dark Age models or something here I can buy. Badass. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you'll find something. Actually, I'm, I'm yeah. on this website right now looking up elf stuff, and I just came across that Reykjavik Elf School. And yeah, the school hosts hundreds of books on the topics of elves and fairies and other hidden folk. Yeah, I like how like the first sentence of this it says, "The Icelandic people are very skeptical people." <laughs> so like, what? Like, okay. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, I don't believe you. Yeah, Elder <laughs> will though. Uh, so. We should have asked the older lady that we rented the cabin from last night. I bet she oh, believed in elves. She would. I guarantee you, she would have some elf stories. Like this, the random crap that was sitting around that property, all the like weird little things we saw. Yeah. she had to have elf stories. Had to. Sure. Yeah. She you can tell she had a very there. like eclectic personality. Oh really? Yeah, so she we probably should have, that would have been the lady to ask. That's a she probably puts that out on her property so the elves don't rob her, so she leaves like something little stuff out there. So Maybe. anyway, so yeah, dude, I'm I'm hoping you get some. <laughs> Just a golf course for elves. Yeah, <laughs> she had a miniature golf course in her backyard. For elves only, or. No, that's what Emily was saying, that maybe it was just for elves instead of people. That's why it was back there. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was just, like, because she has, like, a bunch of little individual cabins you can rent, and then, like, the mini golf course was, like, behind the cabin. So I think it was just, like, a commons area that you could go out and play. There was, like, some club. Like, she just had, like, a like the clubs and the balls, like, sitting out there with, all you know, and then all the mini golf stuff where you could just, like, it wasn't like you had to pay for it. You could just go out there and start playing. Oh, Okay. There's more to that, I'm sure. Yeah. There's some darker stories to that little elf, <laughs> elf <Maybe>. mini golf. <laughs> it was, if you looked really close from an aerial, I bet you it was like some runes that the mini golf was like made out of. 
like or or shaped in. So we got to we got to see all the animals we wanted to see. We got to Emily wanted to see a puffin, so we got to see a puffin, the bird, and then. I found out that there were caribou here, so I wanted to see a caribou. So we on the eastern side of the island is the only place that they're at, so we saw some caribou, too. Did you find a place to get any caribou meat? Because I feel um, like you'd be like a caribou eater, like you'd want if, caribou meat. If if we get to Reykjavik and they have some place that uh, sells caribou meat, I will get some. I don't know how prevalent it is because there's only about 6,000 caribou on the island, and they do allow caribou hunting but they only issue like 1200 tags a year and it's like a lottery system because more people put in for the tags than there are tags so i would imagine that a lot of that meat is just kept by you know whoever kills it keeps the meat i wouldn't think it would go to um restaurants but there may be some that are because you can raise them to be domesticated just like a cow or whatever just kind of like how we do elk and bison in the u.s so there may be some farms here that raise caribou, caribou specifically for meat, and then sell it. So I don't know, but if I get to Reykjavik and I can get some, I might try it. There's a place called Grill Marcago, with a weird O letter with a cross on it, Urin, in yep. Reykjavik that sells caribou yep. meat. There we go. They'll grill you up a caribou steak. So good luck. Good luck. Yeah, I can't. I can't like help you with the name because those are letters I don't understand. But I, hey, I thought about you. Remember when I took you up that hill in Martinsville and tortured you, and you got to the top and thought you were going to die? Yes, because I was dying already. Um, there's a <laughs> waterfall here. Which waterfall was that? Because uh, there's like a bunch of them. I will look it up. I'm not sure. Okay, Emily's going to look up the name of the waterfall. But I'll, I'll, we can post pictures if you want. It's got stairs that go up to it. These motherfucking uh-huh. stairs are these stairs from hell. It is about five times taller than that stupid-ass Martinsville Hill and just as <laughs> steep. And it's just a giant, never-ending fucking staircase that you want to die. Was it the first one? It was the, the second, second one. Skoga Foss. Skoga Foss is the name of the waterfall. Let me spell it. Was so it worth it? it like, was it like... It, I, I feel like it would suck going up the stairs, but going down the stairs would be like extra like asshole because like they're steep as shit and probably terrifying they <laughs> this going down wasn't near as bad it just wasn't. was there a handrail so it's, uh yes so okay. it's spelled it's spelled s-k-o-g-a-f-o-s-s skoga foss and you might be able to look it up and see the stairs uh in a picture or whatever but Jesus, it was terrible. You can see the waterfall, obviously, from the ground, but you can, like, the stairs take you all the way to the top, right where it comes over the edge, and you can get some cool uh, photos. The other thing that sucked is when, like, the the cliff face that it's coming out of blocks all the wind, and then when you get at the top, it's like this flat Arctic tundra. Like, so below, there's no snow, no nothing, and it's like green grass, and it's so tall that when you get to the top, there's snow at the top. Wow. That's insane. And then it's freezing balls. Like you get up there and it's like, holy shit, there's snow up here and this wind is whipping crust here. And it started raining and we were like, let's just get the hell down from here. <laughs> there's no point. That's awesome. That's fancy. But like everything here is like, this is here and you go to it and you go and you got the main highway that's like paved. And then 
it, there'll be a sign that's like Skoga Foss this way, and then you have to pull off on this road that is literally like some Beirut level shit that looks like it's been carpet bombed. <laughs> it's horrible, and you have to drive down it, and it's like. It's like Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura 2 where he's in the Jeep and he's bouncing yeah. around, but he's like faking it, but it's like real life like that. And you get to the end and then you park and then you still have to hike like a mile to get to whatever you want to see. <laughs> and it's typically cold and raining, or at least that's been our experience here. But it's still cool. Like when you get to whatever you were trying to get to, it's worth it. But it's Are still there, like, like me, and em- me and Emily have joked that everything here is awesome, but you have to go through a little bit of misery to get to it. Is, is there like workers that are like, Oh, you want to see the falls? Follow me. Or you just like, go like, you just, you just like, go okay, over here. No. Oh dude. Oh, they're, wow. they're totally like, um, it's not like the U S like we were joking that in the U S like if any of this shit was in the U S it would have 9 million walkways, probably elevators and escalators that take you exactly to there. Like you wouldn't even like, Literally, like, if you go to most, like, attractions like this in the U.S., you step out of your car onto, like, a moving belt that just takes you to the top of the fucking hill. And then they got a million, like, handrails and fences and shit so you don't fall off. Here, it's like, no, you got to walk your ass up there. There's there's just, like, some stakes. Like, there's no sign. There's, just... Yeah, there's, like, some stakes. It's like, follow the red stakes. And they'll just have, like, some <laughs> red stakes drove into the ground. You just, like... Oh, there's one over there. Walk to that one. Oh, now I see the next one. Walk to that one. And it takes you to wherever, and then you get there, and there's no handrails, no walkways, no shit. Like, if you want to walk right up to the edge of the waterfall and stand on a slippery-ass icy rock right on the edge, you can, and there's no handrail keeping you from falling in. (laughs) You know those red stakes weren't there forever, but, like, some farmer was getting tired of finding, like, dead Americans on his land (laughs) who got lost. He's like, I'll put some stakes up. Hold on. <laughs> like, well, and I like how people, I don't know, man, like people like really, because I kind of worry about shit sometimes. Like, because out here, like when you drive, there's like, you'll drive forever and you're literally driving through like, you know, tundra, like frozen ass tundra. So you don't know when another car is going to come by. You don't know when you're going to get gas again. And it's like, it's kind of funny, you know, just like people. I don't know, just the way people behave. And, you know, there'll be, like, warning signs up, like, don't walk here. Um, Like, for example, these two waterfalls we went to today, you have to, like, hike a mile to get to them. And there's, like, this big creek that flows through up there, and you're at, like, 1,900 meters altitude. And where the creek is frozen, they've, they've marked a path that basically goes around, it goes up the creek, and then across the creek at a really shallow point, and then back up the bank on the other side, and then to the waterfalls. And you could tell that at certain times of year, when the creek is lower, you can walk straight across right where that is at, but they've put signs up that says this is unsafe right now because it froze at a high level. So if you try to walk through right here, you might step on a soft spot in the ice and fall through to a frozen creek underneath. And there's people still like crossing it, just ignoring the sign. Oh my gosh! Just, just ready to be a page three of some Icelandic newspaper. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'll walk the extra, you know, quarter mile or whatever up the creek and then across the creek at a safe point and then back down. Like, I'm not gonna hop from frozen stone to frozen stone over like a half thawed, half frozen fucking creek that has 
sinkholes that can swallow you. Yeah, no, that's uh. Well, I guess like I guess normal people are the same way. You know, they're just not <laughs> they're not about that either. Like I guess like it's it's the ultimate like Darwinian thing. It's like <laughs> if you go to Iceland, you might not come back. <laughs> yeah. Well, they hand out these things that you can put in the car and you can write on them, you know, what time you left, where you were going, and what time you anticipate being back. So That's I guess if so someone cool. finds your car, they know where to look for you, I guess. Yeah, because you, you park your car and then walk everywhere. So like Emily said, they literally pass out these slips that you fill out and lay on the dashboard. You're at the top of your car. So if somebody notices your car's been there for a while. And they look and they're like, oh, well, they were supposed to be back two hours ago and they're not. Let's go look for them. Oh, they're supposed to get, they were visiting the falls. Yeah. Oh. But the cool, the coolest thing we did, we actually got to hike up a glacier. So they give you like these, the, uh, the crampons, the, the like spikes that clamp onto your boots and an ice axe and a helmet and everything. And that you hike to the foot of the glacier and then you literally hike up the glacier, like hike up the solid sheet of ice. And then about halfway up, there's an actual, a cave that goes down into the glacier. So we actually got to hike underneath the glacier into a temporary cave that forms under the glacier. So we were actually underneath a glacier. Um, and then you come out of that and then you hike further up the glacier, um, to about the highest point you can get on it before you need like, actual like legit ice climbing equipment with like ropes and repelling shit and all that and um when you got up there they cut a channel in the ice to an ice to a water flow that was flowing through and underneath the glacier and that's where you could straddle where they chipped that out and stick your ice axe where it expand the gap and then do a push up over the gap and lower your face down in there and drink water uh, flowing straight from the glacier so that's what we were talking about earlier the viking push-up is that is that how they told you to do it or is that like something you saw on tv and you're like well i'm gonna do it this way and like no they told us like putting they told their us cups to do in it. she 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 goes does, does anybody want to do a push-up and i said i'll do one and she goes well this is called the viking push-up so she did it first and showed me how to do it and then um i did it next <laughs> See, like us Americans, with the you know, we would have required there to be like disposable cups up there, <laughs> <laughs> like like paper cups, and a recycling bin, so you can dip your cup in there to drink it. Asking somebody to do a push up is, for one, is just completely out of here. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> you just assume that we can all do push ups. <laughs> I'm just playing. That's awesome, dude. You got some Ricky Bobby water. Yep. So I guess like pretty, because I think all the tap water in Iceland is just glacier water. Like when you turn on your faucet, it's literally just like creek. Like you can literally go pretty much anywhere here in the country and just take a glass with you and dip it in a creek and drink it. And it's like the best. It's like better than any bottled water you've ever had. Did you, did you, are you take? are you bringing some home? Um, I can get you some if you want. Uh, well, that's not what I was asking, but yeah, I'm totally down if you're bringing it. I was going to see like if you were actually going to like you know get some bottled glacier water because that seems like something I, I would take it home and I'd be like, I'm going to make some ridiculous Kool Aid. Well, a little that's bit. the thing. I don't think that they sell 
quote unquote bottle glacier water here because it's just their tap water. So if you want to bottle glacier water, technically you just get a bottle and put it in the sink in any place in Iceland and it's bottled glacier water. But if you wanted it like authentic from the glacier, um, you know, I've already missed that opportunity because we were up on the glacier the other day. I have a small. We do have a small vial, but it's like we got it for Emily's mom as a keepsake that she just wants it, you know, in a, in a bottle to put on a shelf. I gotcha. Ricky Bobby style. Like I said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so super. But, cool, dude. Yeah. We went up to a vol- uh, a volcano caldera today. Looked down on that. That was pretty rad. Um, we got, we got a, helicopter trip schedule we're gonna fly over some shit with a helicopter so that'll be pretty cool Hell yeah. trying to think of other stuff that we did we went to like a they're almost like geysers i don't know what they call them like a steam vent like there's a bunch of uh mud pots, mud pots is what they call them i guess where it's like boiling mud like it's like what's at yellowstone they have the same things there we saw that today and it stinks like it's fucking horrible because it's all the sulfur. It smells like pure shit, really. It smells like rotten eggs, like farts, rotten eggs. That's what it smells like. Okay, that's that sounds like a romantic place to go. Yeah, it's not It's not great. I wasn't a fan. Like, it was cool. I took some pictures, and I'm like, let's get the hell out of here. This smells so bad. Um, it smells, smells like butt, and nobody's going to appreciate these pictures because, like, it's, I'm taking pictures of mud. <laughs> But um, we're at this place right now. How do you pronounce this place? I don't know. It's Mir Mirkva Mir. I don't know. You can spell it. It's a uh, lake M Y V A T N. My Metvent. I don't know. M Y V A T N, and it's a big uh, lake, kind of in the middle of northern Iceland, and there's a whole bunch of. Uh, volcanic activity that happened here in the past so there's all kinds of like uh calderas and uh you watch game of thrones right yeah oh yeah you know the cave where Jon snow and the redheaded chick like had sex for the first time yeah yeah i do we went we went into that cave that cave's here and right by this lake so that we went into that cave and i got pictures of being in the Jon snow sex cave is there uh like I know you'd mentioned earlier there's no tour guides anywhere. So like like you know probably how filthy that cave was, huh? <laughs> like it's <I> like, <laughs> like y'all didn't touch anything, did you? In the cave. <laughs> Cause if that's what it's advertised as. <laughs> it's not advertised as that. Emily found out about that. Um oh. she researched a bunch of other stuff. Like it there's no signs or anything talking about that. That was the other thing we went to there's a black metal band named uh, Demu Borgir. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're like one of the bigger black metal bands around. And they no. took their name from this rock formation that's in Iceland. And we actually went and visited that rock formation that they took their name from today. And the sign that says the Demu Borgir on it, there's everybody that's a metalhead is like taking their band sticker and stuck it on the sign. So there's like the sign has a bunch of like metal band stickers on it or whatever. But I figured that somewhere they would have, like, a poster of the band or, like, say, hey, this band. Because they're a pretty big band. Um, but, like, they just totally ignored the fact that they existed, basically. Like, they just played it straight. Like, they didn't even bring up that a metal band, like, a huge metal band, like, took their name. 
from this place. <laughs> they just like don't even don't even mention it. Like don't even bring it up. Yeah. So Emily looked it up. I guess that in Icelandic that means dark castle. Is oh. what that translates to. I was looking up stuff for you to like eat and drink, and I found that drink was called Black Death. That's on that show. Brennavin, I think, is what it's called. What? Brennavin, I think. Is Icelandic the, Icelandic word? That was on. It, did you ever watch IT Crowd? That guy Moss on the IT Crowd. You know yep. what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know his name in real life, but anyway, he did a little. He had a travel, like a travel show, and he came to Iceland in the travel show, and he ate that like rotten shark shit and drank that drink, and. He literally ate the shark and then washed it down with that drink and then just stopped for a second and looked in the camera and he says, both of those things are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> They're so bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, y'all need to try some weird stuff. I mean, for your own good. Just so you go back and be like, yeah. Or well, I I ate fish and chips because the only like fish and chips we have in the U.S. or at least in the area that I'm in, because I'm in the you know middle of the U.S. like not near any water, uh, um, is just like Long John Silver's or Captain D's, and so every time Max, um, you know, on our the podcast Wolf Slayer chat is talking about like you guys need some fish and chips or whatever because he's from the U.K. You know, I always, like, troll him with, well, Long John Silver's is probably better than anything you got, this and that. He always gets mad at me. But um, <laughs> we were here, and I ordered, like, fish and chips, but it was at a fairly nice restaurant. So, they like, they brought out, like, these, like, two, like, huge, beautiful cuts of fish. They still put it on the newspaper and everything, like it was supposed to be with, like, fries, but it's, like, super gourmet. It's not, like, cheap street food, like it's supposed to be, I guess. Yeah. So I took a picture of it and sent it to ink, to uh, British Dave, uh, Perpetual Painting Dave, that is in my game club. And um, he goes, ah, that shit's not authentic. That's way too fancy. So like, I, I'm like, I can't, I can't get it right. Like, you guys don't like Long John Silvers. You guys don't like Captain D's. And then I come to fucking Iceland and order like fish straight from the fucking ocean at a coastal <laughs> town and get these fish and chips. And that's not right. Like, what do I have to do? You're eating like some rare Icelandic fish that's like only in like the northernmost hemisphere. <laughs> like it's like this is rated like a fifty on like the the culinary scale of taste. Like this is like the best fish you could possibly eat. Not nah, not nah, trash, dude. It's trash. Dude, the that fish could not be like when I cut into it. It was pure white. It was like the it was almost clear. The meat was so clean on that fish. Wasn't and it good. just like it just like <laughs> melted in your mouth, like it was like it was cotton like, candy fish. Yeah. <laughs> but was it tasty? Was it as tasty as a good old fashioned American catfish? Um, it was good. I'm not a big like fish guy. I more just got it to get it. You know why I was here to get something that was like, you know, you couldn't get in the states basically. Yeah. Um, gotcha. So it's not. It's not something I'm like into, but um, it was definitely probably the best fish ate. Like it, it kicks the shit out of like, you know, the Long John Silver's number three meal or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <is the fish. laughs> 
yeah, man, we need to we need to step your fish game up. Like now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. Now that, now that you have a number preference of long john menu and you remember it, so <laughs> like <laughs> I'm I'm pretty coastal, so we have a lot of saltwater fish. So you know, I, that's something that I didn't realize that was that we like we're closer to an ocean of water, whereas in Indiana you're not. So. Like, no. Ne- next time you're the down, only thing we'll... that you can really eat here is like small smallmouth bass, largemouth bass, uh, crop, and bluegill, and catfish. We do have good yeah. catfish here. Yeah, we we have decent catfish, but uh, yeah, we we have like you know redfish, flounder, speckled trout. You know, you can get like red snapper, everything like that. It's yeah, there's a lot of good stuff that we just like go 45 minutes away and pick up and like actually go catch ourselves if we wanted to. But, but yeah, especially flounder, man. Oh, flounder's delicious. It's an ugly ass fish, but it's so good. Blow your mind. You get somebody who can cook it right. So, but yeah, y'all are in Iceland, so that, none of this matters. <laughs> right. So, real quick, what was what's been your favorite thing so far, Emily? Um, I would say my favorite thing that we've done is the glacier hiking. But as far as like stuff that's pretty, we went to the this glacier lagoon that has icebergs floating in it and you hike up this big hill to see it and you get to the top of the hill and it's just like these giant icebergs that are like white and bright blue just like floating everywhere it's just like amazing to see so that's been like the prettiest thing i've seen that sounds freaking cool man did y'all see any like icebergs collapsing or anything like that or was there like no because what it is it's basically like oh. in the in the winter time here, you know the glacier extends like because the glacier is like coming down a hill and it comes where it ends. It's called like the tongue of the glacier. Where and the 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 way the girl described it when she was talking about glaciers, it's like if you took a, your boot and put it down in sand and you push your toe of your boot forward, you know it carves like a furrow in the sand and the sand builds up in front of your boot. Yeah. And in winter time, it's extending because it's freezing. And it's so cold that the glacier can push out further and it pushes out. And then when the summer comes, it melts back, which is natural. Like regardless of global climate change or whatever, this would do this anyway. Yeah. But when it, when it melts back, because it's pushed this furrow in the ground, the, the, when it melts, the water from it melting fills that furrow in like a lake at the end of the glacier. Well, this one glacier is so big that the lake that it makes is gigantic. Like it's a legit lake. And then as the glacier thaws, pieces off the end of it break off and fall into the lake that it's created for itself and then float around like giant icebergs. So you got a glacier in the background and then a lake in front of it with giant pieces that have broken off of the glacier floating around in this lake that's like crystal clear. I dig it. Sounds cool. Sounds beautiful. That'd be so, something once a lifetime sight. Yep, pretty crazy. Well, unless you lived in Iceland, then they probably see it all the time. It's like nothing. To yep. But. Well, everybody we've talked to here, when they hear that we're from the States, they'll ask us where we're from, and we'll tell them, and they all want to come to the United States. It's kind of funny. So we need, <laughs> like, a, uh exchange program with them. Like, they come, like, you know. They, One girl said she wanted to see the Grand Canyon. Yeah. That's what she said. Yeah. So she wanted to go out west. So I'm like, well, we need like some type of an exchange program where like 
you give them like where like your apartment or whatever like you let them you, you know they fly in here and you give them the keys to your house and car or whatever and then they do the same for you and it's like an exchange program <laughs> and you just signed a waiver that you're not going to rub your balls on everything <laughs> yeah i will not brush your do this. brush your anus with their toothbrush <laughs> i will not do that i can imagine like somebody from like who's like been in iceland their whole life like go to the you know the southwest of the united states and like get to see like how barren it is I, well that's I how never. iceland is is it is it's like red Iceland's barren the most or? barren place I've ever been to. It is desolate as fuck in places. I'm telling you, like you, we literally drove on this one highway, and it's literally like when you look around, like every direction you look, you see mountains. Like you're like in a circle of mountains, but it's just just giant, flat, frozen, rocky, fucking alien looking plain that you wouldn't even know you were on planet Earth. <laughs> Drop bear gorillas in the middle of it, and like see if he how long he lasts well it's you know going off of like facts that have come out like three hours and then he goes to a hotel room so <laughs> if you want a legit guy that does that shit it's that survivor man guy oh yeah survivor man uh what's his name i guess it doesn't matter but yeah he did a, bear, a bigfoot episodes yeah yeah all full circle, he's, baby. He's not as attractive and he's not as charismatic, so he's not as well known as Bear Grylls, but he's way more legit. I'm glad you acknowledge how attractive Bear Grylls is. Yeah, he's kind of a dime piece. <laughs> I mean, if it's all out there. We all know. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm glad you're having a good time in Iceland. I'm glad that we got to got to update all the all the listeners on your time in Iceland. And they're probably booking their trips right now. Uh, if you want a coupon code for a flight, you can type in Radio Free Knowledge Flight. <laughs> <laughs> so, I not guess for real. Me. There's a there's a new there's a new uh, airline called Wow Airlines, just W O W Wow Airlines, and they're an Icelandic airline, and they've basically like a no frills, no bullshit airline that you can fly to they only fly out of certain cities and they are like they don't like have flights every day like most major airlines they're just they're like you have to basically plan your trip around their schedule almost but it's exceedingly cheap like what what was a round trip flight for one person here um i know one way it was 109 dollars so oh my gosh yeah. 210 yeah. bucks it was from like, baltimore yeah so if you can make it to baltimore to fly from Baltimore to here and then back to Baltimore, it was like $220 after tax. Good Lord. You have to pay for your bags. But Yeah, and you have to pay for your bags. I think it was $50 for a check bag and then like a like 20 for a carry-on. Well, our carry-on bags were free, but the, to check a bag, it was $50. $50. So, yeah, you got to – so we checked one bag and then we each had a carry-on bag. Wow. And like seat belts are optional and shit or what? No, I mean it's like a real airline. Like <laughs> – I had no complaints. You had a sign seat. It was better than Southwest. You had a you had a sign seating. Um, you just have to pay for drinks and. Food. Had, yeah, they don't they don't like. I think they gave us peanuts for free, didn't no, they? No, we got nothing. Oh yeah, that's right. Basically, like in most flights, you know, you they give you like peanuts and drinks and shit for free. This one, you have to pay for everything. <laughs> but they they ask, is anybody new at flying? No. Yeah. Good. 
And then but just leave. It's like, oh, but anyway, okay. we just you know we just brought our own snacks and shit. That's so. cool. Wow, Airlines, never heard of it. Yep, and oh, they yeah. they don't just fly to Iceland; they fly like uh, anywhere to Europe and stuff. So I'm considering, uh, depending on what happens, because me and you—that's the other thing we're gonna have. Where I'm gonna bring this up on air, even though we're not gonna have this conversation now, we'll have it off air. I don't know if you've been getting the emails, but like MKA talked yes. about coming to the U.S., but there's like a lot of hoops that need jump through to make it happen. So I was going to talk to you about it and see if we can make it happen. But if we can't, or even if we do, depending on how it works out, I may still go to Sweden next year and do their class there. Um, it, because if they go back to Sweden next year, the way MKA works is they have a beginner class and then they have an advanced class. Yep. Um, so obviously if they came to the U.S. for the first time, they would only do the beginner class because no one here would have done the beginner class before to be able to be eligible for the advanced class. But because they've went to Sweden once already, when they go back the second time, they're talking about doing the beginner class again and then do the advanced class later in the week. So um, basically, say we got MKA here next year and we got them where I could take the class here the beginner class and then the Sweden classes happen later in the year. I could fly there and then take the advanced classes in Sweden. And then if we can't get them to the U S I could just fly to Sweden and take the beginner class in Sweden. That'd be tight. That'd be so cool. So I would it, anyway, I'm, I'm strongly considering going to Sweden next year. Cause this wow airline, you can fly into Stockholm. I was looking at prices and it was like 400 bucks. It was cheap. Wasn't bad. Yeah. Versus like the two grand that I was looking at. You know, I think it was like a thousand yeah. there, a thousand back. Like, if it's you know, I think you know, I think round trip it was like a little over seven hundred dollars. The flights I was looking at from Wow Airline. And I'm a person that like I don't have to, like especially like if they're gonna charge me for a bag and all that, I just won't take a bag. It's like I'll just pick up some clothes on there. It's no big deal. Like I'm not you know I'm not attached to my own shit. Like I'm pretty yeah. sure that uh that Yens and all them can and Freddie can show me where some uh, a gap is. It'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Where's y'all's American Eagle? Oh, my bad. <laughs> so I dig it. Cool. We're gonna have to do some talking about that MKA course. I'm pretty sure yep. we just triggered like half our audience right now. Yeah. As soon as they they hear that, well, we're we've. Like, We've been. I felt, in, I felt the first emails just start getting typed right now. Yeah, I feel it. Getting we've been typed. in contacts with with some middle. I've not actually talked to the MKA guys, but we've talked to some other people in the U.S. that want to get them here, and we've also talked to, um, I think it was Andrew Hollis out of Australia that's hosted them, and he kind of gave us the list of things that the MKA guys needed for him to host them. So I mean, obviously they would need the same thing from us. So we're gonna try to maybe work that out to get them over here. But it's not as easy as them getting on a plane and getting over here. So it's definitely going to take some work on our end and coordination and 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 a lot of effort to to get that groundwork laid before they would even consider coming. Yeah, I mean, it's like you have to have a location for them to go to. You have to have airbrush station. You have to have like airbrushes, like the the yeah. compressors. You have to like it, it, there's a lot of stuff. And then of course it's their vacation time that they're giving up. Like, cause they work their normal jobs and then they get, they get so much vacation and they're spending some of that to come here to do the classes. So. Right. Yep. 
pretty cool. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We will figure it out. So, anyway, you want to talk about some hobby progress, man? Where you been at? Like, I'm pretty sure you've been busy working on uh, Iceland stuff, so. Yeah. So, here's what happened. So, the last episode we recorded during my game night, if you remember that. Yep, I do. Okay. So, that was on Saturday night late, and then I was home Sunday, and on Sunday, I basically cleaned up after game night and re-straightened up all the tables and got everything reset up for the event. Because, and then we left on Monday. And then since I've been here, all I, I brought a bunch of uh, Dark Age books with me, and I've just read a bunch of Dark Age fluff. So that's pretty much all I've done hobby progress-wise was straighten up everything and getting ready for game night and read a bunch of Dark Age books. And then when we get back... I'll be home for, like, we get back on a Thursday, and I go back to work Friday for one day, and then I'm off the weekend, and then I go back to work the next week, and then my event is the following weekend. So I basically have, like, when I get back, I have one week before my event. So that's why I went ahead and, like, re-straightened the basement and got everything straightened up where I wouldn't really, you know what I mean? Like, everything done for that, basically. Just walk in and go. Walk in, yeah. turnkey. And I'm, I'm actually going to take the Friday before my event off because Jake Busey, Busey, it's Bussy. Jake Bussy <laughs> is coming. We've said it. We've messed around with it so much now. Now I can't remember what his actual name is, but it's Bussy. <laughs> so anyway, when Jake makes it, he's going to come up on Friday, the day before the event, and we're going to drive around and do Indiana shit. Oh, that's so, so cool. I'm going to take him to get the tenderloin, um, I don't know, whatever he wants to do. We can shoot guns. We can go to the cat place. We could go to the wolf place. Like We could just go hiking. Um, I know he's a hillbilly like me, so we'll figure out something to do. <laughs> he's a... Uh, make sure he gets some, uh, some, what do you call it? Some biscuits and gravy. We'll make get him sure whatever we got. I got a closet full of drug, drugs. <laughs> no, I do not Whoa! have that. I, so, sorry. <laughs> I have a closet full of guns, a four-wheel drive truck, and a whole day off. So we can definitely get some hillbilly shit done. <laughs> we're going to fill our belly with carbs, and then we're going to go shoot some guns. Yep. And Man, then Jake's go drive, to the, drive, drive through the riverbanks in a four-wheel drive. I love it. I love how free, how free Indiana is. And he's going to be right at home. <laughs> yep. So that's what's up, dude. That's what's good up. for you. How about you? Saturday what have you good. done? Where, so real what? quick, I'm going to interrupt you. Hang on. Go I ahead. wrote I wrote my list for Adepticon next year. And I'm going to order the stuff when I get home. And I'm pumped about it. Hmm. I have seen that list. And I, I don't know if you want to announce it, but... I'm looking forward to you. It's 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 a militia list. I don't really care if people know. It's it's I'm gonna do a militia. I have a bunch of Krieg models that I've had for a long time that I've wanted to do some shit with. So I'm gonna do a militia ar- army based around Krieg models. Yeah, that's gonna be fantastic. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing how you paint those, and if it's anything like your black shields, are gonna come out great because these are you're gonna actually weather and everything like that, right? These I am be- so. I- these Krieg dudes, I'm going to weather 
up and it's just going to be like me scouring YouTube videos and like learning myself. Um, and that's why I'm starting it way early. So I have time to do that. I was going to do my death guard, but then I thought, well, I plan on regardless of what happens, I'm going to take an an MKA course next year. And that's what I'm going to try to learn to paint is the death guard at MKA. So I figured I'd just hold off on them. Um, and learn to paint them through the MKA guys and then paint them after I take that course. So I needed a project um, between now and then, and I wanted to start the Adepticon thing, so I decided to do the Krieg army um, and start it early so I'd have plenty of time to do it. I dig it. That sounds fantastic. Why don't you hit up Miles, man? Like, Miles is, like, offering all sorts of Little Legends Miles. Yep. Yep. He's offering one-on-one classes and uh, through I mean, Skype. I, through Skype, like it seems like a good way to to get yeah. your to get your feet wet. I very I very well may take him up on that because he's an amazing painter. I every time being um perpetual painting Dave, we're just talking about that. That every time like <laughs> Dave, me and him, we're laughing because Dave was like, you know, I'm a commissioned painter and. I fucking always paint something up and I'm really proud of it. And I go to paste it, put it on my Facebook and I open up Facebook and it's like, you know, it has a little fucking, you know, like your timeline thing where it says you got like three new things and you click on it and it's like little legend studios is supposed to something. And he clicks it and then he wants to fucking throw his model in the Creek. Cause it's like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I know. I get it. I'm over uh, here like airbrushing blood angels and, like miles posted up just got done working on my personal blood angels I'm like okay well fuck me then like you win miles you fucking yeah. win you win we can't <laughs> all paint a posted size version of the fucking mona lisa in perfect detail on my dreadnought shoulder <laughs> yeah because that's because he needs that like <laughs> it's a yes yes my mother is weeping looking at your model it's how beautiful it is like my yep. grandmother's praying to your dreadnought right now. Thank you. Yep. Like, there's nothing we could do. <laughs> but yeah, man, hit him up. See what he's got. See what he... Uh... Actually, anybody listening, by the way, uh, Little Legends offers one-on-one classes. Like, this is like... This is 100% a plug for Little Legends. Yes, they offer one-on-one classes. Yes, he's a great painter. And that's a service he offers. So, like, if y'all want to... Uh, go out there and get your, your painting up, hit up little legend. That's miles. And he will get you a course set up and he'll walk you through whatever you need to on Skype. He's a super nice guy. He's super funny. So. Okay. Oh, since you're plugging stuff, um, Plug after it. you give you, after you give your hobby progress, uh, remind me because we have that new, uh, sort of pseudo segment that I'm going to try to remember to do every week where we basically kind of like unsolicited, like promote something that we think is cool. Um, and I have one for this week. So do your hobby progress and then I'll do that. And then we'll do voicemails and call it a show. Gotcha. So, uh, I have, and actually it was like me and Derek, we have cardboard mocked up and built. Lucius pattern warlord titan panels. So we took the warlord leg, one of the warlord legs, and we built it up to where it's standing normally. And we took cardboard and we measured it out 
to what would look good on the Warlord Titan legs for that would look like Lucius pattern legs and what would look like Lucius pattern shin guards and Lucius pattern thigh plates that looks exactly like what the old artwork looks like. And so we've like completely got that finish in cardboard. And so we saw how thick we wanted it to be, how wide we wanted it to be. And we took calipers and we measured it out and we kind of rounded it up. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take those measurements. We're going to put it into a uh, laser cutting program and we're going to cut it out of plastic card or sheet styrene. And we're going to stack that sheet styrene up to, I mean, it's about like 25 to 30 millimeters thick is what the armor comes out to. We're going to stack it up and we're going to um, basically just make plates out of plastic card. And then I'm going to take that plastic card once it's all glued and everything. And I'm going to cast it to have like resin armor plates and this is just like the leg stuff like the leg stuff i knew was going to be like the super easy part so this is like getting out of the way right now but we have like measurements and everything now but once the leg like once i have the leg panels in resin then we can start working on the hard part which is going to be the torso so that's what we've been working on cool so that's just something i would like to have before adepticon uh, if I can finish that by like, uh, let's say like October, then, um, immediately following that, I would like to try and build up a sarcophagus for a warlord, especially after all this cool games workshop terrain that's being released right now, like mechanicum terrain with like yep. cranes and lifter arms and stuff like that. Like remember in, a was it, it was betrayer, right? Where the, the sarcophagus landed and the warhound was like. Yep. Was that Betrayer? Yeah. Where, like, the Warhound, like, saw the Warlords, like, walking to it, and, like, basically the sarcophagus doors were opening, and, like, the Warlord was, like, coming online and everything like that. Like, I want to build, like, that sarcophagus. Oh, you're talking the coffin ship that the coffin. actual Titans come in. Yeah. yeah, the coffin ship. So, so, yeah. That's, uh... The, I haven't seen any art for the coffin ship either. So... You'd have so. to re-listen to the Betrayer. They, they explain it pretty good and there's actually in the special edition of betrayer there may actually be artwork of it because in the special edition hardback they have panels of art and i know one of the panels is the um the imperator titan with all the harpoons stuck in it with all the warhounds around it and the coffin ship may be in the background if we have any listeners out there that have that special edition if they could snap a picture of that and send it to me i have it Oh, oh! So whenever you get I'm home, just in Iceland, so I don't have access to it. But I can do it when I get back, or like you said, if somebody else already has it. Call your dogs. Call uh. <laughs> call your cool cat. He'll he'll, he'll snap a picture for me. My mother-in-law's at the house, but trying to talk to her about Titans <laughs> and coffin ships and special edition heresy books and where they're at on the shelf and getting the correct picture sent would be a nightmare. So let's not do that. <laughs> not yet. No worries. Like, well, like this, this isn't even a possibility until like the actual like Lucius panels are done. So like, it's not even, not even something we can even pretend to worry about right now. So no rush on that, man. I was going to say something else, but like it just totally like left my mind now. 
Oh, well, I guess it's not that important if I can't remember it. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, so, and it actually, this is something that's going to be, like, I told you that, like, uh, Ben Porter has been, like, taking the fluff that we wrote for Zena and reading it out. You know about that, right? I think. Yeah, but I've heard some of it. It's really, like, what I heard was extremely good. Okay, so for for everybody that came to Stiff, we're going to be sending them a MP. Like what we've done is there's a a fantastic author in Canada named Matthew, and Matthew wrote this like eleven thousand word fluff for the Zena incursion, which is like what didn't actually happen in like book six. It's like kind of like fluff that he wrote that goes into uh, he took aspects of what happened at Alamo GT last year. Uh, he took like our missions from Alamo GT. He took uh, some of the missions that were at Stiff Three, and he wrote out like eleven thousand pages or eleven thousand words of fluff. That is fantastic fluff, guys. It's like it's this fan- this great fluff, and we we're gonna kind of like surprise like the Stiff Three attendees with it. Uh, but it, there, there was some complications and everything like that. So what we ended up doing is we took that fluff and then we got Ben Porter to go ahead and read that fluff out in his like fantastic British accent. And so he will be done with that on Monday and he's been sending me samples. And so, uh, we're definitely gonna get to everybody that like came to stiff three. And we're also going to, I'm going to go ahead and make sure that like all of our Patreon supporters also get a copy of that because like it is, it is so like, it's like, if you listen to it, you would think that this is a, like Forge World sanctioned story when in reality it's just like some fanfic. But everything in it has to do with like Stiff Three and all this stuff. Like what like the missions we had there. Like all that fluff is inside there. It's it's fantastic. I think you'll really enjoy it. So uh that's another thing that like I've been like curating like as as the week's been going on. Just like cool. I keep getting like more and more snippets of it. Like 'cause he like he's like He's gone through and taken like he does different voices because there's different characters, so he changes his voices based on characters. And there's like times where like he's like a, an electron, like a like a mechanicum kind of like Magos and all this. So like he'll adjust his like he'll like put robotic like it, it's crazy. Like everything he did was like I'm so happy with. So uh, I'm so ready for that to come out. It's so good. He did such a good job. And it's like not even finished yet because he's gonna put like music and stuff like that in there now. So, anyway, that's hobby progress over here. Down, down, deep. <laughs> All right. So my unsolicited um, advertisement this week is for a company called Ramshackle Games, and they're out of the United Kingdom, and they basically specialize in what would be like Ramshackle, like crap vehicles to like think like mad Max or whatever but the cool thing about them is they sell like full vehicles like with names like the one that i'm interested in is called the reebok transport like reebok like the shoe but spelled different it's rh um what is it rhbok reebok um and it it looks awesome but the cool thing is like every individual piece that make up every vehicle that they sell, they sell individually in like a vehicle part catalog. So you can just order a certain set of treads or a certain tire or, you know, windshield accents or stowage for a certain tank or this bumper 
or this dozer blade and you can build like anything your heart's content out of their bits and a lot of them like cross over and fit together to make any crazy vehicle that you want hmm i'm actually in their website right now that's crazy yep and they actually sell they have like they have like infantry models too that they make and he actually uh does his own game i forget what it's called it's called uh damn it it's like a it's basically a, po- a post-apocalyptic like Mad Max world. I forget the name of the game. I've never tried the game or whatever, but he sells like a rule book or maybe it's free download or whatever that he's actually making those models for. But you can obviously use the models for you know any other gaming systems that you want to play. But he's he's very reasonably priced, and his bits are it's he does everything resin and everything is uh, really nice stuff. Um, uh, British Dave and our game club. He's ordered a bunch of their stuff. He did an army when we both when we all played 40k. He called it his not orc army, and it was basically he did or an orc army, but did it out of human models. It was supposed to be like uh, almost like the Reavers from Firefly, just like a really feral human race that built like scrap shit. So yeah, so he basically used used the orc codex, but had all these like crazy, you know, like post apocalyptic post-apocalyptic humans so he used a lot of like the bikes and the semis and some other shit as like build his own trucks build his own battle wagons things like that and it's a really cool looking army and he he built a lot of it using those ramshackle parts that sounds awesome i'd like to see some pictures of that british dave from perpetual pain i know you're listening right now send that send that forward he does listen the reason uh, it came up was, uh, I think it was Lucas, one of the Texas guys down there that's a patron, pretty sure it was Lucas, was asking about, they needed some like tracks, they're trying to build some terrain for the uh, that event they have coming up, uh, what's that called, Texacon? Is Texacon, that what it is? yeah. Yep, and they were wanting some tracks, like tank tracks for something, and they were debating back and forth, and uh, I kind of lurk in their chat, I don't interrupt it too much, Um you know, just if I see something that I can help them with, like this, like they were discussing tracks and nobody really had a good suggestion. So I'm like, well, check out this company. I threw up Ramshackle Games and it stuck in my mind. I'm like, I need to shout this out on next show because that's a cool company. I feel like a lot of people, you know, looking for bits or looking for different things. If you can remember that, it's a good resource to go check, you know, to find stuff like that. Heck yeah, man. That's a good shout out. That's a good unsolicited shout out. So, let's do some voicemails, man. All right, give me one second here. Emily will like these. Feel free to comment when we're done. You can laugh. When Jessica was on last, she she likes listening to him. The window just blew open that you opened. It didn't like. It's the weirdest window I've ever seen. I don't know how to keep it closed. Uh oh, Emily's us Americans are having a fit with Icelandic windows. <laughs> Everything is so weird and different. All right, so let's go ahead and get these voicemails knocked out. So let's see. So here's the first one. Oh, come on, play. I can't understand why they would do this to our game, man. Okay, I'm going to play that again because I have no idea what they said. I just don't understand why they would do this to 
our game, man. <laughs> Sounds like a sad, sad uh, snowflake. Sad about the eighth edition changes coming. Um, yep. <laughs> so, good thing that our game isn't changing yet, uh, or possibly maybe not ever. All. So, whoever you are, person who's sad, sad man on the phone. So, you're going to be all right. Hang in there, buddy. All right, here's the next one. Hey, guys. It's me again. I called last week and left a few voicemails about the, uh, well, the Coastal Beach Stick list. And then, fuck, I don't remember. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. I, I'm not a morning person. I remember talking about something. Oh, the rules. Salamanders. And, yeah. yeah. Aren't you happy that we're actually going to might be keeping 7th edition rules for a little bit, baby? Possibly not why I'm calling. I'm actually calling to uh, ask if you guys ever had uh, Sundrop or Cheerwine sodas. Yes? No? If the answer is no, I got this stuff. I live in North Carolina. Carolina Harrison can tell you all about this cocaine stuff we got over here in a liquid form that's sold over the counter in a 20-ounce bottle or 2-liter bottle. If you have not, message me. I'm the second bin on the uh, chat. Not Porter, the other bin, the better bin. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> give me your addresses and I'll send you the bottles and six packs and let you guys enjoy that shit. If you have, well, fuck it. We'll find something else for you guys from the south to Texas and, well, Midwesterners and Indiana. Nonetheless, stay in your lane. You know who I'm talking to. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Oh, so that was from Ben. So Sundrop, like I, I've heard yes. Sundrop. I've had it. Jake, Jake uh, Bussy actually sent me some, but I'd had. We have it up here too. You can get it up here. Have you had it, babe? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm aware of what Sundrop is, but I cannot confirm whether or not I've tried it before. Uh, it looks like Walmart has it. Um, the bottles look like some like borderline, um, like what you would have seen in like the '50s, like. The stuff that's like radiated because they're like super green, like they're 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 more green than Mountain Dew, which is hard to accomplish. Uh, they're like neon, and I feel yep. like this, like if you needed a um, like an emergency light in a pinch, like you could probably use a Sundrop <laughs> bottle, and it would irradiate a glow out of it. So I don't know what was the other thing you said. I can go back. I didn't cheer wine. Cheer wine. I've never Cheer. heard of that or had that. Have you had Cheer that? Uh, it seems like wine. I've heard of it, but I don't think I've ever had it. Yeah. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a. I don't think I've a, had it either. Okay, so it is a soft drink, a burgundy red soft drink. This is a bubbly cherry concoction named for its appearance. Oh, my goodness. I've never heard of this cheer wine. But I can select my state and see who sells it in Texas. Nobody. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> so, yeah, that might be something. That's definitely not something I have ever tried. It looks like Dr. Pepper if I were a betting man. Yeah, nobody sells it in Indiana either. I know so. I've seen it somewhere. Yep, yeah, I've never had it. So, there's that. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Emily said they probably have it at Jungle Gyms in Ohio. I don't know what Jungle Gyms is. It's like the world's largest grocery store. It's insanity. 
So it's black cherry bliss or black cherry flavored. Hmm. Huh. Talking about some sugar infused bum wine. You also proved you're a Yankee. Uh, here's 14 tasty tidbits about cheer wine. Okay. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I might take you up on that. If you, if you guys find cheer wine, let me know. Cause, uh, okay. See if we have it down here somewhere. We have some places that sell like exotic colas and stuff. So, I might be able to go pick some up there in Houston. We will see. Okay. So this is the one that's all over the place from Sam. I hope I got this in order. I hope this came in order. Let's try it. So this is number one of like five. Hey guys, it's Sam. Uh, so I heard the ghost story at Cobb Spiker, and I was there as well. I was there a little bit before Troy. We didn't talk to the patron trap about the shit, so he convinced me I need to call in. Um, so I, there's a couple of crazy shit that went down. Uh, he was there in, like, 2011. I was there during the surge in, like, 2006 to 2007. It's probably going to take a couple different phone calls here to get all this story. But I know exactly the fucking ghost thing he's fucking talking about. And it's goddamn terrifying that somebody else saw this shit, too. Oh, my God. And I know the story behind it. So when I was in in Iraq... uh, Hold on. I'm going to pause it. Ryan, do you remember what ghost story Troy talked about last week when he called in? Yeah, Troy talked about he was walking on a runway and a torso rose up from the ground that was just a torso with no legs, and it was, it was doing, doing a handstand. handstand. Yeah, so uh, it's a torso, a disembodied, like, it's, like, so it's a torso, like a man's torso with no legs, but doing a handstand, and then it ran across the runway on its hands faster than a person could run on its feet, like, away from him. And he just, like, freaked out and went the other direction. So fuck that. That's insane that that got, like... I was it was already on like fuck that mode last week and I'm like, "Eh, it's Troy. He was probably dehydrated." The fact we're getting confirmation on that thing right now, I don't know if I want to play any more of this. That's scary shit. <laughs> oh, man, this is nightmare fuel. Guys, if y'all want to just push pause on the podcast if it's late at night because some shit's coming your way, just if you, if you're about to get to bed, you don't want like this in your head. Just hit pause right now because I'm pretty sure it's about to get worse. So let's see. Because Sam, like, w- Sam, Sam is in our patron chat, and Sam does not fuck around. Like, Sam's going to give you every. So there's not going to be any sugar coating in this voicemail. I can already tell. Like, it's going to be. This is going to be brutal. I don't know. Okay. Here it comes. At least I'm not in a cabin in Iceland. Uh, I was just kind of in the same area that Troy was, but at first I was at a whole other base to the north uh, in Kirkuk. And then I came down to Spiker about halfway through uh, my tour there, and that's where the most of our guys were. Uh, so, like, I was kind of like the returning prodigal son because I'd been off at Kirkuk by myself for a long time. And uh, so... I get there, and they're like, okay, well, you're going to go on night shift. So I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. I love night shift because it's fucking 140 degrees out during 
something during the day and whatnot. And nice, cool, like 80 at night. So uh, I go talk to the night shift sergeant. He's like, hey, just when you're walking around at night, keep your fucking flashlight on at all fucking times. And I thought it was just because he's like, oh, I'm going to get shot because some fucking pogue running around doesn't know what the fuck's going on and going to freak out and shoot me. And I didn't know that, like, this shit was actually fucking important to save my goddamn soul. So uh, I'm walking around at night, and I don't have my flashlight on because, fuck that, I pay for the batteries, not the army. So... Oh. I don't have it on or anything, you know, I'm just walking around and uh, I see that fucking thing that uh, Troy was talking about that he, he didn't have any fucking legs and he was running around on his fucking arms. And I'm walking through, uh, they're not, they're like containers that people live in and it's like running around. Everything's kind of like in a grid. It's running around in this shit. And I'm like freaking out because I didn't know what it was at first. I thought it was somebody fucking around, but, I mean, we're in the middle of Iraq. You don't fuck around like that. It's like, I'm trying to chase this thing down because it's my first tour. I didn't know what the fuck it was. I thought it could have been, like, some guy trying to kill my soldiers. Okay. Now, now let me go ahead and load up the second voicemail. It, like, Sam, you're a brave dude. Like, immediately straight up like running after this thing get the fuck out of here like i'm <laughs> such a wuss i mean I, I guess if i was armed i'd be like fuck that thing i'm getting ready to kill something but like i don't know going head first into it uh hey guys it's sam okay hold on so it did that same thing where like it sent the voicemail twice So I'm running around chasing this thing because I, I think it's like some sort of Iraqi that's trying to kill us all or something. Because of course I go to like the weirdest, the worst case scenario. I don't go to the weirdest shit. And so I'm running around in the fucking housing, which is crazy enough. And it's like all these fucking river rocks that are like big ass. It's like big ass gravel that you could fall and just break your neck on very easily. And uh, as I come around the corner, I run straight into my the night sergeant, and I I fall over. And he's like, "What the fuck are you doing? Why don't you have your fucking flashlight on? Turn your fucking flashlight on." I was like, "Did you see that shit?" And he's like, "I didn't see anything. Don't fucking talk about anything." So I was like, "What? Don't talk about anything." He's like, "There's nothing fucking out here." And I was like, "Well." It fucking freaked me out. All right, so um, when I when I came back, I, I kind of let it go, but I was freaked out, of course. But I was just a private at the time, so you know, I was like, whatever. He said, don't fucking worry about it. Uh, when I came back from Kirkuk to Spiker, I was uh, put in a tent with a bunch of people that were all on night, all on day shift because they just here's an empty bed, go sleep in here with these guys. And, uh, we were actually in a tent and, uh, we had this like door that was built on the tent that was like wood 
and it, it was rigged up so that it would close automatically with like a water bottle full of rocks and it would slam real fucking loud and every now and then they'd walk through and it would wake me the fuck up because they just let that door slam and I would get pissed off at them well a few days after my pursuit of this ghost thing uh no, it's just getting so good. <laughs> the plot tickets. Their door must be warped like ours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're listening to our neighbors trying to close the door, and I think the door on the cabin's warped. And it, when you try to latch it, you have to like slam it real hard to get to the latch because we're here banging around over there. <laughs> they're trying to trying to listen to the ghost story yeah well whatever they can they can subscribe <laughs> so I was laying in bed and I couldn't get up and I, I, it felt like my blanket was weighted down and shit and uh, so I'm starting to freak out a little bit and I go to get up and uh, there's the there's a head with a gas mask on that like is two inches from my face like inverted but staring me right in the eyes and um I, I freaked the fuck out and uh I finally was able to get up and I turn around and of course all I see is the tent side uh I flipped the flipped out and I took off running and I got out of the tent and um I spent the rest of that day um, in the uh, in in like this recreation area where there's always somebody there, and I slept on the couch in there that night. It uh, it's still scary thinking back. Um, there, there's a couple other stories from Slyker that are a little bit creepy. Uh, that, that's probably the creepiest one. Uh, but oh, I I, I, I was going to tell you. Where that ghost thing came, or at least I think the origin story is, um, it, it didn't hit me until later. But I was in aviation, and uh, we do a lot of like safety briefings, and like we go over accidents that happen, and like if somebody seriously injured or killed, we talk about them, you know, so that it doesn't happen to us. And uh, in Iraq in 2003, you guys can look this shit up. Uh, at the same base we were at. You, in our hangar, actually, they showed it to us. Uh, there's like there was a stain on the hangar floor, and it was, it was basically blood. Um, some National Guard guys were there. Um, I'm just gonna hang up and start it over. It's important to get all in one. Okay, so we'll go ahead and flip flip the tape. <laughs> get to the other side of the story. Okay. All right, so the safety briefing, they, they showed us the blood stain on the floor, and they're like, hey, this is fucking important. So if you're in aviation and you've ever worked with a nitrogen cart and inflated a tire on a Black Hawk helicopter, like, if you're doing it right and you're 100% experienced and stuff, you know what you're doing is perfectly safe. But if you try to shortcut it, or uh, 
you don't know what you're doing, you fucking kill yourself. And um, the, the helicopter uh, wheels are split rims, and anybody that has any experience with split rims is already going, oh, shit. So what happened was these National Guard guys in 2003 were filling up a... a inflating a aircraft tire and they didn't have the right fittings for the nitrogen cart and um so they hooked it up to the high pressure side and as soon as they started to inflate it it exploded and the rim separated and it cut the guy's fucking legs off and he died right there and his buddy like lost an arm and i think like a leg or something and that happened back in 03 and i think that is probably where the fucking ghost thing fucking came from. <laughs> He's like, and that man was a gymnast, so he would have been good at walking on his hands all the time. That's pretty bonkers. That's that's like extremely bonkers that they both like saw the same thing, and like I couldn't imagine waking up and like there being a gas mask in my face looking at me. Fuck that. I'd be sleeping on the wreck couch all the time. Blech. I don't know. I guess if you're one of our listeners and you have some... What 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 air base was that? Like, Stryker? Stryker? I think he said Stryker. Stryker Air Force Base. If you went encountered this entity... I wonder... Hold on. I want to look it up. I wonder if that's, like, a thing, you know? Like, if people... Stryker Air Force... Base. I don't know if it's Stryker or Stiker. Oh, it's. I don't know. What do you think, Emily? Would that creep you out? I don't know. That'd be like that. Would not be something I'd want to run into, especially not if I'm the only one walking around on guard duty. Yeah. But I wonder how many like other people have witnessed that thing, like because it seems like everybody knows about it. And the fact that we have, like, two individuals that, like, we both know, like, that, like, know each other and have both seen this exact same thing, that's, like, that's bonkers to me. Like, years apart, too. Pretty weird, if you ask me. All right. So, anyway. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty weird. So, now we got two... We got two stories next. Do you want to hear the bus story or do you want to hear the stolen army story first? I don't care whatever one you want to do. Bus story it is. Oh no, where is it? No. Better be good if he wants his army list done. No. No. Bus story audio file. So it says, Hey guys, clearly I missed getting this on episode 52 because I didn't have an audio recorder on my phone, but I found one and hopefully it works when sending out this out to you. At the time of this email, I have not listened to episode 52, so if there's anything needs commenting on that episode, I might hit you guys up with a follow-up email. Thanks again for all your hard work, and I hope to hear from you guys soon. Tristan. P.S. If there's any issues with the file, let me know, and I'll try a different app or way of sending. Well, Ryan... I have bad news. <laughs> there is no There's attachment. With the app. There's no attachment to this email. Uh, 
Tristan, my man, are you trolling us right now? No, you're not trolling us. You wouldn't do that. I think he thought, like, maybe I'll just send this through and they'll see that I sent something and he'll get my list done. And it'll be too late. Well, mm. guess what? Guess what, Tristan? It ain't happening. Until I hear it, I'm not even working on it. Well, I had, there's no attachment to this email. I'm sorry that I just teased all of our listeners about this story because I saw the email. I, sh- I don't... Like I said, we don't listen to these audios. Like we don't listen to them, so we can get the exact reaction. That's right. That's how you get. That's well, how you get Puppygate. And so. Yep. T- tell you what. Email him now and tell him that I'm in Iceland. And if we get the email by the time, we re- basically what I'll do, I'll go ahead and on good faith do his list, but we're not going to read it out until we hear his email. So when I get back from Iceland, I'll go ahead and write his list. And if he can get us the email by the time we record next episode, we'll uh, we'll play it, and then I'll give I'll do a list after we play it. What a good guy! So, you heard that? I just sent him an email that said no attachment, buddy. So I didn't put all that in there, but I will send a follow up email. <laughs> with, okay. With with your request, I will get a follow up email sent. But until that email gets sent out, we're moving on to Dan's story. So if y'all recall, the whole reason the story even came up was because there was a stolen <laughs> army in Houston, and Dan told us this crazy story, and I'm hoping it's all like, you know what, I really shouldn't even have to explain this. Dan's got, my, got me covered with his voicemail. So let's just play this. Hi, Michael. Hi, Ryan. This is Dan, not related to Ben Porter. Um, I just thought I'd relate a story to you on the theme of stolen armies. I heard your podcast a while ago, and uh, I thought I'd share an experience with you that I had um, in regards to that. Um, I should say that, unlike some of the other stories I've uh, told you in the past, this doesn't involve boats or foreign countries. Um, It's firmly set in the United Kingdom. So about uh, ten years ago, I'd guess now, actually, I used to play Warhammer Fantasy Battle almost exclusively. And had quite an extensive uh, chaos army. Um, lots of marauders, chaos warriors, that kind of stuff. And um, anyway, one day I'd, I'd been out, I'd been playing, and I'd left my case with the army in the boot of my car. Oh, yeah, boot. Um, American equivalent trunk. Uh, for the purposes of avo- or avoidance of doubt, let's call it the aft storage facility in a car. Okay? <laughs> so anyway, Thank that's you, the case is. <laughs> And I'd got a couple of boxes of train and some other bits and pieces in the car. <clears throat> it's about uh, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, something like that. And I'd left the boot open and I was just ferrying bits in and out. And the case was the last thing, in the case of the army, and was the last thing in my car. So I'd gone to, um, I'd gone to go and get the case and it vanished, literally gone. Uh, just not there. So the only conclusion I could come to is somebody had been watching me unload the car and then taking their opportunity to uh, kind of have it away on the toes. Um, there's not a lot I could do about it. Kick myself for being daft, but leaving the car boot open. But there you are. The army had gone. So I reported it to the police the next day, never really expecting anything to ever come of it. Um, but there, you know, got a crime number, all the rest of it. Uh, claimed on the insurance, got some money back, back of the net. <clears throat> and then about two years later, uh, I got a call from the police 
telling me they'd found the case with my army and that they'd managed to secure it. However, at that time, they said they couldn't, uh, couldn't give it back to me because it formed a key part of their evidence of their case, the case forming a part of the case. So um, I'd just have to go wait for the court case to come to court, the trial to be concluded before I could get my case back because it was part of the evidence. Uh, by this point, I'd kind of got another army and started playing something else, so I wasn't that bothered. It would have been nice to get my army back, but I wasn't breaking a busting the gut thinking about how I was going to get it back. Anyway, time goes on, and it goes on apace, um, and four years pass, four more years pass. I managed to acquire a dog and another kid in that time frame. And the police finally contacted me and tell me that, you know, the, the court case has come to a conclusion and that I'll be able to come and get my, my case, my equipment back, my property back. It's great, thinks I. I'll go and get my stuff. So I get a letter from uh, the, the local police telling me where I need to go and collect my stuff. It seems a bit formal. Uh, they also want to interview me as well at the time, which seems a bit odd, but, you know, fair enough. Never having had anything stolen and returned, I couldn't tell you what the process was. Anyway, <laughs> so I turned up at the local police station and a uh, duty sergeant there signs me in and I go into an interview room and then uh, two people come in. So one of them's a, a uniformed police officer, quite a big-looking fellow. Another one is this, this um, uh, a young woman, uh, I don't know, guessing her mid-twenties, something like that, uh, looks a bit sheepish or, you know, looks uncomfortable, I would suggest. Anyway, uh, the big police officer, let's call him police, police officer A, has got my army case in a big evidence bag, this huge sealed evidence bag, and he's really not comfortable holding it. He puts it down on the table quite quickly. Uh, the police woman, uh, the young woman, let's call her police officer B, she sits down, she's got a, quite a, kind of like a, I don't know, like she's got some really bad news. To, she's got a really funny look on her face, like she's got some really bad news to tell me. She's also got a box of tissues with her, like she's expecting me, I think maybe she's expecting me to start crying or something. Anyway, they come in and sit down, they're quite serious. And they do some of the preamble, ask me to confirm that it's my case, and I, you know, I tell them on the basis of what I can see, it looks like my case. All the rest of it, it's got a name tag on with my name and address, and you know, all the rest of it. <clears throat> and uh, then the conversation goes on a bit, and you know, we go past all the formalities. And so, um, not really knowing why we're here and what we're doing, I decide to kind of like take it in a tangent, my own of my own bearing, if you like. And so, I say to them, "Can I? Can I just ask? Uh, I know it was, my case was part of a case, court case, um, but." Six years, you know, since it's been stolen. Six years. Seems an awful long time. Can I ask uh, why you had to hold on to this case for so long? And, uh, well, they look a bit sheepish at this. And they explain that um, the case isn't quite as... Uh, the court case this is, is. It wasn't quite as simple as you, as you might have thought. It wasn't just a straightforward kind of theft burglary type case where there's blokes stealing stuff for monetary gain, that's the terminology they used. And, um, okay, I said, you know, you know, fair enough, but can I ask why my case was so significant to the court case? And at this point, the, the woman looks into the middle distance and, and utters the phrase, well, Mr. Porter, your case um, contains some significant DNA evidence um, that enabled us to bring this um, prosecution. <laughs> So I'm thinking, DNA evidence? What is he, what, fingerprints? Fingerprints, maybe? 
And, and then it occurred to me, I said, oh, may, maybe the guy cut himself and he got blood on the case. I said, oh, so, you know, did he leave traces of blood or something on it? At which the Officer A starts smirking. Officer B, retaining her professionalism, says, no, 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 Mr Porter, no, not blood, not blood, no, it wasn't blood. <laughs> and then my mind lurches a bit and thinks, oh, my God, maybe he's pissed on my case, maybe he's even <laughs> shat on it, maybe he's done a big shit on my case at some point. <laughs> and uh, I don't say this out loud, I, I would say, uh, you're not trying to tell me he's, he's kind of uh, voided his bowels or, you know, emptied his bladder on my case, have you? At which point Officer A literally starts to start he starts doing that shake when he's trying to hold in a, a laugh and he can't hold it <laughs> officer b at this point is shaking your head going no no mr porter he, he, he didn't do anything like that on it at which point the penny finally drops and i have a a montel longo gag moment when i realize <laughs> what she actually means is the, the the guy that stole my case had jizzed on it yes <laughs> yes ladies and gentlemen what he actually liked doing, apparently, was stealing stuff and then whacking himself off over it. That's what he did to people's stolen items. So <laughs> my my poor army, my poor chaos army in its case, had been had filthy man yogurt coughed all over it on a regular basis. God knows what he'd done to some of the other stuff. Anyway, I, um, I made this, I, I pointed this out. I, I said to him, oh my God, are you telling me that this crazy's been whacking off over my stuff. <laughs> and Officer A loses his shit completely. He's absolutely crying. There's tears rolling down his face, laughing. <laughs> Officer B nods, uh, still retaining her, her professionalism uh, and saying, yeah, yes, Miss Ward, we can confirm that's actually what happened and that's how we managed to, to nail the guy um, because he'd managed to leave semen deposits over everything he'd stolen. So it was obvious who'd stolen them. Um they did, they did say they cleaned it to the best of their ability, although I'm going to be honest, I was never felt the same about that army after that. Um, the army went on eBay and the case went to our local incinerator and we burnt it. And to be honest, that's the last time I ever played Fantasy Battle and I don't think I could ever go back. One last footnote, I would say, uh, the army was the army of Slaanesh, so maybe that was an appropriate way for it to go. Anyway, thanks guys, you keep up the great work on the podcast, you do a brilliant job and it keeps my my sanity at work on a regular basis when I'm listening, although it's quite <laughs> difficult not to chuckle out loud whilst listening. All the best, chaps. Speak to you soon. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Emily? No comment. I have no comment. People are definitely weird. <laughs> Dude, like, it's so funny because, like, in America, like, if somebody stole my, like, like my Warhammer army, like I'm checking dumpsters because I'm like, they don't know what they stole. Fuck. Like, why couldn't they just ask me for like a hundred bucks? I would have just given them that, like just not to have to deal with this. But like, if your army goes missing in the, like Europe, somebody knows what they were doing. Like they know that they were stealing something valuable. And so whenever he was like, oh, we need it for, uh, for evidence. I thought it was like, maybe, uh, like, in, in America, if something's over $500 in value, it becomes a different type of crime. I thought, like, maybe it was, like, one of those things where, like, they pulled some numbers and they were like, oh, well, this army's worth $1,000. So it's definitely something, you know, it's X-level crime. I didn't think it was going to be, like, 
oh, this dude, you know, jacked it on your K, on your army. (laughs) And the fact that that army went on eBay, like, that's, stuff goes on eBay all the time that's covered in man jizz. Like, that's insane. Like, (laughs) who can you trust anymore? Like, what can you buy that's safe anymore? (laughs) That's insane. That person probably knows now that bought it on eBay. Probably some, listening. Some listeners like, man, I bought that a cheap ass Slanesh army. Oh my god! Like any <laughs> any listener we have that's ever bought a Slanesh army off of eBay for Warhammer Fantasy, now will always have this question in their head: whether or not they bought the army that was, you know, <laughs> the infamous Jacker. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, Dan, thank you for calling in. Like, oh my gosh, that story needed to be told. That is cold. <laughs> What's funny is, like, they, like they didn't have to, like, oh, I guess they did have to tell him. Like, they did have to let him know that he was about to. I would have burned that case, too. That's fair to say. Maybe sold it on eBay, but probably burned it. I don't know. Depending on how nicely the army was painted and how much time I put into it, I would just fuck keep it and play it. I don't care. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah? That's disgusting. <laughs> if somebody did that to my Black Shield or something, I'd probably just I'd be like, whatever, give it to me. I don't give a fuck. Play it anyway. <laughs> That's so gross. Man, it's not like I'm putting it in my mouth or whatever. <laughs> There's just like at the at the... At the microscopic level, there's shit going down. Like you, you know, everybody knows yeah. there's stuff to go. It's not like I'm there. touching my tongue to it, going, yep, "There's a salty spot there." Like that ain't fucking, I like it'd be all right. <laughs> so gross, guys. If you if you want to <laughs> leave a leave a voicemail uh, with us, you can go to uh, dial two oh nine. RFI 30K0. Uh, that goes straight to our voicemail line. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it every episode. Uh, definitely if you want to like have an event, shout it out or anything like that, that's probably a great way to get it to go. Uh, just leave us a voicemail with your event and all that stuff. Or if you have like a cool story you want to share, we'll play it. It'll happen. I mean, uh, and if you're out of country, if like you're in Europe or anything like that, you don't want to do like the long distance thing, uh, you can record a voice file and send that into our email. Our emails are Ryan at Warhammer30k.com and Michael at Warhammer30k.com, and uh, we will play them live. Just make sure you have an attachment on your email, or else you'll like keep you'll you'll tease the entire podcast whenever I go open that email. So just double check, Tristan. Um. So Ryan, I mean uh, that's all we got for this episode. Uh, probably cut to a musical break, and then I have one, two, three, four. Five events that I'm going to go ahead and shout out, uh, and that'll be it for this time. Oh, I don't know if it's on there or not, but definitely shout out uh, Freddy's Night Raffle. Oh, yeah. I will absolutely make sure. Uh, So following up on that Night Raffle, guys, I just... uh, I will shout it out after the the music break here, but uh, that is going to be similar to the, the Warlord Raffle last year. Uh, is in raising money for Duchesne. Uh, so 
definitely something like if you were like, oh, I'm not, no events are happening near me. I'm just going to skip it. But uh, just uh, I'd listen to this musical break because there's a chance you could win an entire night house, propane night house. So definitely something to hang on to through the musical break. So, uh, Ryan, I appreciate you coming on, even though you're on your Icelandic vacation. And Emily, I appreciate you uh, letting him come on and not, uh, you know, I guess. I, I don't really know. I don't know what you would have done. I feel like you. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty easy going, so I'll let him have fun for a few hours. <laughs> so, well, guys, we're going to close it out. We'll go ahead and go to a musical break. You'll have a good one. Later. Bye.
All right, guys, and welcome back. Okay, so we have some uh, events we wanted to go ahead and shout out. And uh, one of the, I guess, some events and then also a pretty cool raffle. So I'll go ahead and throw out the raffle there first. Uh, this is actually coming to us from the Varang and Heresy podcast, those guys over there, and especially Freddie the Swede. Uh, this is actually going to be a night house raffle. So the way this works, guys, is there is a website. Uh, it's going to be at the Parent Project MD. Um, uh, I would actually recommend <clears throat> you go to the Varangian Heresy website, uh, Facebook page, to go to that. Well, I'll go ahead and post up a link to it directly on our Facebook page. Uh, that way you can see it as well. Uh, but this is how this works, guys. So Freddie the Swede... Uh, one of the coolest guys we know. I don't know if you remember last year we actually did a, a Warlord Titan raffle uh, for him. And we actually had a telethon where all the podcasts got together. We casted for like seven hours, something like that, uh, and raised a whole bunch of money uh, for for this uh, raffle. Now, the way this raffle works and the reason why he has this raffle is it goes to support the... Uh, the research into looking into muscular dystrophy, specifically Duchenne in Sweden. Uh, so from from what I understand is uh, there are so few cases of Duchenne that, in Sweden that there isn't a whole lot of government money that's actually put aside to do the research to, to actually look into Duchenne and muscular dystrophy for Swedish children. And so they actually raise the money themselves. And so uh, this year they're trying to raise ten thousand dollars, which I think we actually did raise last year. We we uh, we during that parent project muscular dystrophy. And so this year the goal is ten thousand dollars. And uh, so how how do you enter the raffle? I guess is what you're wondering. So for starters, every last bit of money that you donate to it is going to a good cause. Uh, out the gate, so that's that's a good thing. But so you got that, so you got that going for your conscience and your your karma. So with this with this raffle, every thirty five dollars that you donate towards the Parent Project MD, uh, you put a little tag on there that has your name on it, and you put uh, you put raffle in the notes for it, and you could actually send an email, forward an email whenever you receive the thank you email to the Lincoln heresy at gmail.com and that will get you an entry into a chance to win one of three fully painted night houses. So these are actually going to be painted by miniature realm studios. And so it'll be like MKA level night houses and there's three that are available to win. So what does a night house consist of? I will tell you, it is a Knight Atropos, a Knight Castigator, Knight Asheron, Knight Lancer, Knight Majera, Knight Steerix, and a Castus Knight Porphyron, and a Questorus Knight. Magnetized options for running it is either an Errant, Paladin, Crusader, or Warden. So that's a full Knight House that you have a chance to win. There's three full Knight Houses, so there's three chances to win. And all you have to do is donate... $35, and once you get that thank you thank you email, just forward that over to the Lincoln Heresy, and uh, that'll get you one entry in to win that night house. And, guys, it is such a such a great, great uh, 
cause that this is all going to. So, uh, Freddie the Swede, man, thank you for putting this on again. Uh, it's so awesome that you're you're uh, raising money for Duchesne. It, it's a it's a it's a great cause. Thank thank you. And uh, so anyway, so there's that, guys. Uh, next up on the list, we're going to move into some events. Uh, so first event I want to go ahead and shout out, sent in to me from Sean over at the CZ Initiative podcast. Uh, go check him out. He's a, uh, as Ryan calls it, a dime piece. Uh, so the Bug Eater GT is going to be the Horse Heresy at Bug Eater GT. It's the conquest for Marnex 4. Uh, all the money for this event goes to supporting the Millard West and Millard North debate programs. Uh, it's going to be June 2nd to the 4th of 2017. That's this year. Uh, location is Mildred North High School in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, the Bug Eater GT has been running for seven years, bringing people from all over the dozen states each year to play a number of different games. This year, the Bug Eater is excited to add horse heresy to the, horse heresy to the event. You can play all three days or just one or two. It's up to you. So Friday is going to be a mega battle, which is a, a horse heresy or Battlefleet Gothic you pick, representing the initial invasion of the planet. Saturday is a friendly three-round tournament. Sunday is Zomortalis or four-player games. You play with a different partner for each game. All events are tied to one large narrative event, the Conquest of Marnex 4. While there will be some awards, most of the prizes are either randomly given away or put in your swag bag. Swag bag comes with buying tickets for all three days, or you can purchase separately. So go check that out, guys. That's going to be the Bug Eater GT. That's going to be Omaha, Nebraska, June 2nd to the 4th. Uh, I know if Sean's sending it to me, then it's going to be badass. So next up on the list is the Nova Open. This is actually going to be in Washington, D.C. Uh, this is actually the eighth year of the Nova Open, and this is going to be run by the powerful Grang Legion. Uh, so this is going to be September 1st through the 3rd. Um, this is going to be held at the Hyatt Regency uh, it looks like, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that's it, just going to be the Hyatt Regency. Uh, it looks like they actually have uh, a room rate starting at $95, and you can actually get uh, a lot of other deals. looks like the entire Hyatt event space is going to be in use. So it's it's going to be the premier East, uh, East United States event to go to. Um, so it is going to be the full... Three days of Horus Heresy gaming. From what I understand, it looks like they actually just canceled the night jousting and replaced it with a Shadow War campaign that uh, Mr. Powerful Finn Cairo uh, uh, made up himself. So that should be a good time. Uh, but there's still going to be the Escalation campaign. There's the Big Blam uh, opening salvo campaign. And there's a team campaign. Like I said, it's run by the powerful Grang Legion. Uh, so you're definitely going to have a good time. That's a. Uh, September 1st through the 3rd. So give that a check out and definitely go rock out with those dudes. Those dudes are some badass guys. Those are the ones that ran Adepticon, so you know they're doing it right. So next up on the list, we've got uh, Texacon. So this is going to be July 7th to July 9th of this year. Uh, event and convention registration officially open on March 27th. Uh, this is going to be at the Hearst Conference Center at 1601 Campus Drive in Hearst, Texas. Uh, phone number is 817-581-0044. Uh, so this is going to be Texacon 2.0. Uh, there's going to be a Horse Heresy track run by the powerful, powerful Lone Star Legion. So these guys in Dallas, they know exactly how to run these games and everything like that. Uh, more details to come on how that's going to run. 
Uh, right now, I don't have anything in front of me, but I do know this is going to be a good time. July 7th through the 9th, uh, and you can probably expect a narrative campaign to be going on. Uh, powerful, powerful uh, Lone Star Legion. So they do, they're do they going to do it right. They're going to show Texas how, how it's done. So once again, that's going to be at the Hearst Conference Center in Hearst, Texas. So next up on the list... We have the TNT Grand Tournament. This is going to be May 19th, 20th, and 21st. Uh, this is going to be at the Best Western Sunrise Inn, it looks like. And that's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee. It looks like 825 Freesboro Pike, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, this is going to be run by Black Label Painting's own David Sampson and powerful Joe Kirkus. And so both those guys will be running the Horace Heresy track. And you know they both eat, breathe, and sleep 30K as well. So you can expect to have a good time. Once again, that's at the Best Western Sunrise Inn in Nashville, Tennessee. So, um, But as far as events goes, guys, that's going to be all the events I have. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us or you want us to send us a voicemail or anything like that, uh, our emails are michael at warhammer30k.com and ryan at warhammer30k.com. And you can always give us a call at 209-RFI-30K-0. And if you're international, just go ahead and record it. If you're international and you don't want to spend any money using the long distance rate or anything like that, just go ahead and record your badass story that you have and just send that to us on our email and we'll go ahead and play it out loud. Uh, also, if you have any events that you want to shout out instead of listening to me fumble through all of them and try to get them right, you can always uh, call into our voicemails and shout out your event in the voicemail. It's going to be uh, a smart move on your part because uh, I'm, I'm very, very unorganized when it comes out to shouting events. So, uh, But anyway, uh, we do appreciate you guys listening. If you like our show and you want to support us in any way, uh, you can definitely support us on our Patreon. Uh, our Patreon, we offer a special Patreon group, Patreon chat, and they actually get to watch the episodes as we're recording them. And uh, we talk to them all day. That that chat doesn't stop. I know all of you are listening right now, and the chat just doesn't stop. There's no way. And, and it's my God. So anyway, y'all have a good one, guys, and uh, I'll catch you later. Bye.